about that. Oh, goodness gracious, the best show is back. Tuesdays, how about that? Tuesday night, 9 p.m. We're here for three hours. We've got an exciting show planned for you tonight. A lot of fun. Get ready to be thrilled, to be amazed. Live magic all night long. Card tricks. What uh, Ricky J calls close magic. Can do a lot of that. Wait, card tricks don't work on the radio. Boo! No ideas. Staring at the wall. Nope. No staring at the wall. Are you kidding? A surplus of ideas lay in front of us all. So let's get it underway with something I like to call the theme song. Jersey, back again. I turn 
How are we sounding, Mike? Sounds good? Just good? Great. I like that. Mike's all fired up. His stash has been replenished. The Coors Light truck backed up. Got us, uh... It's back on target. It's like the end of Smokey and the Bandit. It's like the the thing when all the 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 dudes showed up to the with the tr- with the truck full of beer. Remember that scene? What a fun day that would have been at that park or wherever that was, whatever that was, with two guys, Big Enos and Little Enos, and then there's warm beer shows up. What a thrill, everyone! Please, by all means. We're going to put this beer on ice. By 9 o'clock tonight, it should be vaguely drinkable. Right now, it's been in the back of a tractor trailer for two days. So it's filthy. Uh, A tractor trailer that's been basically uh, doing stunts also, too. So It's all shook up. Don't worry. You'll crack one open. It'll spray all over over your... uh, your nudie suit, or whatever the people at that thing were wearing. Not a whole lot of nudie suits in Smokey and the Bandit. Big Enos and Little Enos wore nice uh, outfits, matching outfits. Uh, uh, the Bandit had a nice red shirt on. Uh, Snowman had, I believe, a denim vest. Did, uh, did Jerry Reed wear a denim vest in that? Something like that. There's no way of finding out, so we might as well just let this argument fade into the distant horizon. Like all arguments do. Guys, this is the best show. The phone number is 201-332-3484. So the lines are stuffed already. How about that? Right now, I want to tell you about the music we heard. It all had one thing in common, everything we just heard. One thing, it had two things in common, because first of all, the one thing it had in common is all great. So it had all that in common. General excellence. But all of that music we heard is from a, uh, a mixtape called Serious Rockers that a, uh, a uh, friend of the show and a friend of mine, uh, uh, Paul Bruno, who you might remember as the associate producer of uh, D- Terry T's Cherry Blossom Clinic. He started a, a record label called Unblinking Ear. And all that music we heard tonight, all those great songs are from a, a, a mixtape called Serious Rockers. You go over to, he's got a band camp page up. That's where all, it's all at unblinkingearrecords.bandcamp.com. And check all this stuff out. And I also, he's got something I will tell you about. Not that this is some sort of, uh, commercial for this guy. I'm just trying to, I'm looking, I'm looking after, uh, a guy doing the right thing. Starting a label, putting his money where his mouth is. He's got a live show coming up. Like a record release show. Where? Mike, get ready for this. Bayonne. How about that? It's in Bayonne. A place called Lot 13. On March 7th, 
Saturday, March 7th, there's an unblinking ear uh, a record release show. And uh, the Curbivore is playing it. No other. Sunshine in the Rain. Slang King and Carolee. Lot 13, Bayonne, Saturday, March 7th. Check out the Unblinking Ear record release party. And what music did we hear? Well, guys, from that comp, Serious Rockers, we heard uh, the last thing. We're going to go from most recent all the way back to the beginning. We heard I'm Ready. It's by the Lame Drivers. Great band. Always uh, been a fan of them for a long time. They're on this comp. How about that? Before that, uh, we heard uh, Come On and Take a Ride by uh, Sunshine in the Rain. That was outstanding. That was... uh, That's uh, Justin and Ashley, who you might know from the Black Hollies, which is a band that is one of my favorite bands. They've got a new band called Sunshine in the Rain. Sunshine and the Rain. And that song was from uh, this comp, uh, Heavy Times, who I've played over the years. A Hozak recording artist, I believe, usually. They've got a song on here called Street Legal. And starting us off, Mike Pace and the Child Actors with a song called Everyone Out of the Car. And again, you go over to uh, Unblinking Ear Records.bandcamp. Com. You check his uh, his stuff out. You pick that uh, comp up. It's downloadable. You buy it on a cassette. And then you go see his uh, show. If you're a Bayonne resident, you go to... Uh, what do you think about this, Mike? People go see that show on March 7th, Saturday, March 7th, in Bayonne, Lot 13. Then they head over to Masses for a nightcap. Mike said it's very easy to get to Lot 13 via light rail. So, that sounds like a plan. Now, does Masses have any sort of proprietary claim on on the barf that they generate, Mike? No? Like, it's yours. You start horking all over the place after you go, after you spend a, a night at Masses. You are the owner of that barf. Masses is not like, doesn't have some sort of copyright on it or anything. No. Alright, just checking. Never know these days. Never know, Masses might turn into the next uh, Apple, for all you know. Sir Lane claimed everything. Apple. What a horrible company. No offense to anybody I knew who works at Apple, but... Bad news, Jack. Wiped out me whole iTunes. Had to fight to get that thing back. Not cool, Apple. Not cool. So, guys, you may have read an exciting letter I put on uh, my blog. Uh, first of all, who knew I had a blog? That was news to me. That was that was excitement enough. Apparently there's something called Sharpling.com that I'm in charge of. What? I did not know. Now I do know. 
Yeah, so I just wrote a thing basically just explaining where I'm at in terms of where my head is at with stuff. And I'm not going to reiterate all of it here, but it was, uh, yeah, not, has not been a super easy time for, uh, for me. You know, uh, the, my dad died, uh, at this point about six weeks ago and it still just hangs over me. Hangs over me. Can't. Can't shake it sometimes. Waves just says like shoving, it's like shoving water in a closet is what it feels like. That's what the sadness feels like. You, you can't put, you can't put it in there. Finds its way out. So, uh, yeah, so it's pretty, uh, pretty rough with that. And, uh, sometimes it's hard to do the show. So a lot of stuff I'm, uh, pushing, uh, aside and down and away. Sometimes you can't just push everything away. That's something You, you kind of know in in uh, theory, but then when you're in practice, it's it's a little it's a little uh, different. It's, it's it's hard to just power through and do what you want to do. Um, so yeah, we just we do what we do. I now am going to pretty much approach uh, things like uh, if I need to take a week off, I'm going to take a week off. If I need to take more time off, I'm going to take more time off. I got uh, stuff to figure out here. So I'm going to try to figure it out. And sometimes it's hard to just do it in front of people. So I can't always be in front of people. Yeah. If I, and this, just getting the show going has been pretty challenging. If I didn't have anything in my life, if it was smooth sailing, if it was smooth sailing with nothing else, this would have been, uh, hard enough. Would have been like walking a tightrope. But you know what? It's a lot, I got a lot on my head and it makes it, makes it that much, uh, that much harder. So uh, it's hard to do both at the same time, and you know you try. I can only I can only do what I can do, and part of me doing what I got to do means uh, checking out. Then I check out. So be it. I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I know that. Yeah. Also pretty sad. You know, Harris Whittles died. It's pretty sad. This guy was, uh, I'm not gonna, look, again, I'm not gonna pretend that I was Harris's all-time best friend. I, I hate when you look on social media and people are like, ha- 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 ramping up what, uh, their actual relationship to somebody. It's like, you know, you say, save those things because it, it counts more when you actually did have a relationship with somebody. But he's somebody I liked a lot. He's somebody I talked to. You know, over the years, we text and email and 
talk on the phone sometimes, and it was I was on his podcast. He did a, a show called uh, Analyze Fish, and it was really funny. And uh, just nobody is supposed to die when they're thirty. You're not supposed to die when you're thirty. And he truly was a sweet guy. And he, um, you know what else? He really was, um, a super duper, um, he was a super sarcastic guy and was hilarious. And some of my favorite things to do were to talk to him, um, I don't know. How does this sound? About who sucks. Right? Is that terrible? Mike? No. This guy sucks. That guy sucks. This one's not funny. Who's that person think they are? That's who the guy was. And we talked about that stuff. And, uh... So, yeah. So, he was a lot of fun in a lot of different ways. And, uh... He's somebody who, as time goes on, he will be missed more and more. He's that he's that kind of person that as as his absence grows, uh, as time goes on, his absence is just going to grow and grow. Um, but yeah, I got that. I got uh, you know, it's been it's been something else. Father died. Week later, my grandmother died. Then uh, friend dies. Lot to lot to uh, juggle here, so we do what we can, and I do what I can. I'm not gonna say we. I can only do what I can, cause you know, sometimes it goes, and then my head just hurts, and I can't. It's just too much to just stay on all the time and I think I have a little bit of uh, grieving to do so when it's time to do it I'm gonna do it so and it has it truly has nothing to do with anything there was some discussion on uh, Facebook about how how uh, uh, people want more i was asking what guests people want and then people were saying yeah we want more women on the show like yeah i agree with that i was just starting to book people and i have not done any um i've i I would it would be exaggerating to say a, a toe was dipped in the water in terms of getting that started so but when this show is the show that I want it to be, when it's running the way it's going to be, I promise you that it's going to be, it's going to be the way everybody wants it to be in that regard, in terms of having some, some legitimate diversity and all that stuff. But the one that's going to be funny people. It was what I want to have, and there's plenty of funny women, and they need to be on here too, and funny dudes, and funny women who've been on the show, and funny guys who've been on a hundred times, and funny guys who've never been on, and funny women who've never been on, and 
It's gonna be fun. Let me get it going. Please, take all the time you need. Take all the time you need. Why isn't the show perfect yet? Well, that's how it feels a little bit. But again, I take none... I, I respect everybody's opinion. Truly respect it from the bottom of my heart. And I do not take it lightly. I'm the one who asked who wanted who, people on the show. That's why I asked. So, I heard everything everybody said. I don't take it lightly, and it's not going to be taken lightly. Let me just get my feet set, and you will get the show. Everybody will get the show that they want. A funny show. It will be the best show. I promise you. But if I just walk away from it, too... Then I walk away from it. I'm letting myself go where I'm going to go with this. I'm not going to make any more promises with anything at all. If I want to stop, I'll walk out right now and never come back. I'll throw a yard sale, get this equipment. Anybody want to buy a... uh, 16-channel board, right? Mike, you want to buy one? Oh, this is no move. Mike, I could probably move it. All right, take take it take it easy. Uh, uh, most a uh, violent year, most violent year out there. We got these live shows coming up. They are going to be fun too. I'm telling you, we got. Uh, Four nights, four shows, two nights at the Bell House. I think there might be a few tickets left for that fourth and final show. It's gonna sell out, and when it's gone, it is gone. And I don't want to hear anybody say, I didn't get tickets to the show. Well, to be fair though, if Andrew Dice Clay's wife, who that just was, does ask, I will put her on the list. I didn't get to go to this show. I thought we would just go see the Christmas tree. Hey, where you want to go? I'll go to the tree. Rockefeller Center. Look at the tree. I just want to see the lights. Who is he modeling that on? Is there anyone who ever talked like that? Hey. He actually married. Did his wife actually go? I get one. Anything. It sounds like a bad old timey comedian, like uh, uh, what's that guy? The sound Charlie Callis. Was he going out with Charlie? He was married to Charlie Callis. Could you imagine? Imagine how bad comedy was back then. Oh, who who are we gonna go see? Oh, uh, oh, uh, Senor Wences. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, what what does he do? Oh, he he draws a face on his hand, and then he talks uh, for for eighty five minutes. So he has a conversation with his hand. Really? That's that's the comedy we're gonna go see tonight. Guy with the thing on his hand. 
Well, who's playing tomorrow? Oh, it's uh, Norm Crosby. Oh, what's he do? I oh, mispronounce his words. Okay. Sounds great. I, I sure hope there are tickets available. What about, uh, what else is coming up? Oh, Professor Irwin Corey. Oh, what, what's that? Oh, he's, uh, he, he just pretends he's smart. Okay, great. Wow, real cavalcade of stars, uh, lined up tonight at this theater. Who else? Uh, oh, oh we have Charlie Callis. What's he do? Oh, he makes sounds. Just, foot, foot. That's, that's what you get from him. He just goes, foot, all night long. Who's good here, Mike? My idea of good? Or your troubled idea of good? My idea of good. All right. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, this is Jefferson from Texas. Jefferson from Texas. Well, how about that? It's a comet burning through the night sky. Oh, don't, don't pin any ribbons on me just yet, Tom. Ribbons? Who said anything or- about ribbons? See, I'm already on thin ice. See, you're already flaming out, champ. You're already flaming out. No, you're all right. You're all right. What's up, Jefferson? Uh, Before I got started in the the goofy thing that I wanted to talk about, first I wanted to extend a very happy birthday to Terry T. Well, that's very nice. She's here tonight. Uh, Happy birthday, Terry. We're all big fans. That's nice, yeah. Hey, uh, guys, are we doing the half-hour power tonight? Yes, we are. Okay. Guys, half hour power. And I'm going to tell you right now, I want, I want some, uh, I want some exciting calls for that. I, I don't want people going, Hey, I, uh, you guys had the topic going during the show that was the thing. No, it's not an extension of the show. It's its Take own show. Le- le- leisurely strolling through their time, their, their stuff to bring to the table. Exactly. So what's up? What's, what's your, what's your thing you want to say here? Uh, the second thing I wanted to, the second thing I wanted to say before the goofy thing is uh, you know we're all behind you Tom if, if the show okay. goes on or if you decide to bring right. out that crisp Sam Goody we'll receipt see. that you've got we'll see we'll see the the goofy thing I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is that I I would like to formally submit the 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 mutant that is riffraff for full Matsuflex status what oh and you've been thinking about it too much buddy. Well, oh, buddy, you thought about calling in too much. I've, I've gone down. You a thought about really calling in too much. You thought about it all week, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, you did. Yeah. Oh, Matsuflex, I've that got, barely I've tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that Matsu for people who don't remember. Oh, you, you guys remember, right? Tool Academy. Remember the show Tool Academy from from two thousand six? Yeah. Oh. Jefferson. I figured this would, this would just be a, a soft reboot. You know what this is like for you. You know what this is? look, look, buddy. I think I think you're. I think I think the world of you. Uh but you know what you did is you uh, you went and uh, you you got you're like a you're like when they figured out uh, Jeremy Lin could only dribble to his left. <laughs> you you the playbook. Close encounters. Crazy. Yeah. Really, you. I'm making. You making did it to yourself though. You looked at your own playbook. And unmasked yourself. <laughs> it's troubling. It's, it's, I, I, I'm really preferring to think about it as self-actualization. I'm s- even though it's just, it's just going to make me sad. Well, look, buddy. I think I, again. I think the world of you. I think the world. You're one of my favorite people on Earth. Top five at this point. 
top five. Oh, wow, it ends the time. That means a lot to me. Well, it actually is more of an indictment about how things are going for me, more than <laughs> anything you've done. But I appreciate that, that you're in the top five. That It means it means slightly less to me now, but it still means a lot. Oh, it's by you. You know what you need to do? What's that? You got some thing with Riff Raff. What were you going to say? Because this guy Riff Raff, who... Was the guy, was he the guy who, uh, who, uh, uh, James Franco was modeling himself after? The, the very same. For, uh, for, uh, uh, for, uh, Spring Breakers. He yes, was sir. like the, he was like the, uh, but like they won't admit that it's him, will they? Like. No, 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 no. They're playing very coy with yeah. it for some reason. It's like the NBA logo. They won't admit that that's Jerry West. <laughs> Uh, Spring Breakers, they won't admit that that was Riff Raff. And, he, and it, he, he's doing that thing where he's still riding that wave, but refusing to acknowledge that he's riding the wave. Yeah, no, he's heading work. for, he's heading for, uh, uh, not to always bring everything back to Mike, but he's heading for, uh, there's this guy, uh, uh, Chuck Wimpner is his name. What's his name? Wepner. He's the guy who calls himself the real Rocky. Cause, uh, cause, I've heard of this guy. well, he kind of calls himself that because Sylvester Stallone, uh, wholesaled his entire existence <laughs> for the Rocky movie. So I'm not gonna, uh, uh, not gonna soft pedal what happened to this guy. He basically got his entire life jacked by, uh, by Stallone. Mm-hmm. And now he, uh, and then he had to like take the guy to court. The great movie called The Real Rocky that my friend Jeff Fierzig directed. Uh, documentary is one of the ESPN 30 for 30, uh, mm-hmm. things really great about, uh, Chuck Wepner. But yeah, so maybe, maybe you'll be doing the real riffraff. Maybe that's your movie. <laughs> that's my, I've got one in me and that's it. Um, oh. no, I, I was just saying he's jumped his own shark now because he wants, he's now hanging out with Hulk Hogan and he wants to be a professional wrestler. Wait, riffraff he, is hanging out with Hulk Hogan? Oh yes. He's getting trained by Hulk Hogan. And we're only 40 days away from WrestleMania, Tom. So, hold on. Suddenly I'm interested in wrestling now. Riff Raff <laughs> is going to be in WrestleMania? No, 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 no. It's, it's just saying that we're, we're, we're a couple weeks out from WrestleMania at this point. And, and Riff Raff all over Twitter has been posting pictures of his workout regimen and polling his followers for what his signature moves should be. And now Hulk Hogan is trying to put him over on Twitter, saying that he's the something about how he's one of the, the hardest working uh, individuals he's, he's ever worked in the gym with, and he's really serious about a career in in, in the WWE. Yeah, he's jumped his own shark. He's he's become he's become like a sentient pile of of like glitter encrusted clothes. Okay, you managed. To pull this call out to some degree. Oh, oof. it's a load off. Tom. You got the you got the nose back up again. You got the nose back up. That, so that's my cue. Then I've got to, I've got to exit. I got you to do exit. have to exit, and I'm going to exit on your behalf. Goodbye. You're out, buddy. How about that? Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. 
Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album. Has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice, or watch us on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/OfficeHoursLive. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. <laughs> Riff-raff. He's basically this uh, trash dude covered in tattoos, right? Not saying that people in tattoos are trash, but this dude is trash. And, um... He's like a... No- it's like a novelty thing, I think, right? Is he like a... Uh, like a... Like Raymond J. Johnston or something? Of like... He's like the You Can Call Me Ray of... Of hip hop, so they modeled it on him. They modeled this uh, the James Franco and uh, Harmony Corinne modeled this thing on uh, on uh, Riff Raff for the movie uh, Spring Breakers, and now he's uh, I think I don't know if he wants a piece of the, the the pie or something. I don't know. I just don't know. We'll find out. But if he's going to be in wrestling now, so it's going to be like him hanging out with with. Uh, Hulk Hogan. At least he went to the. At least he did the. He went to the to the the, the source, right? That's like the. That's like the promised land. You you start working with Hulk Hogan. Riff Raff. It looks like kind of what would happen if. Uh, I guess Riff Raff is kind of like if Terry Richardson was like Peter Parker, right? If, if it's picture this, Terry Richardson is Peter Parker, and he gets bit by like a, a radioactive uh, can of Four Loco, right? You know the way Peter Parker got bit by a spider that was radioactive. He gets bit by a radioactive can of Four Loco, and then turns into Riff Raff. Look, maybe we could sell this to Marvel. Think Marvel would buy this? A Riff Raff? Cartoon. Now, ladies, I know you want more to hear hear more representation on the show. I know I read I read the the comments. I take it I do not take it lightly. So I did a little scrambling. Trying to make sure you feel your voice is heard in the show. And that's why I'm excited to bring my next guest on the program. Um, Let's bring him on. You may know him from uh, the TV series Entourage, where he portrayed uh, Turtle for eight seasons. Eight seasons? Eight seasons, Eight seasons. (laughs) You might know him from the uh, from the movie franchise uh, 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 that they, they've made uh, t- two of these smash movies. It's the uh, was it Think Like a Man? Think Like a Man. Yes, Think I did, like did a your man. research. Of course I did. I'm not taking it lightly. We got J- Jerry Ferrara on the line. What's up, Jerry? Uh, how's it going, man? Happy, happy, happy to be on this phone with you right now. Oh well, thank you. You, young man, sir, are a uh, you're a bit of a uh, re- renaissance guy. You do uh, you do acting, obviously, and but you are a uh, a restaurateur. 
right? You have a. You, that is true. What, yeah. <laughs> what is the name of your restaurant? Uh, it's a sandwich shop called Fat Sal's, which was started with uh, two good friends of mine. And um, being from New York, we always wanted to open something out, out in L.A. that has like a East Coast feel to it. And uh, they kind of changed that brand a little bit, but it's Fat Sandwiches, which kind of started at, in Jersey by Rutgers University. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just the most ridiculous thing on a sandwich you could ever think of. Like, I created my sandwich called the Fat Jerry. And mm-hmm. I just started throwing random stuff out there, thinking like, "All right, they're going to stop me at some point," and they kind of never stopped me. You just kept so, piling it on because over by Rutgers in New Brunswick, yeah. there would be the grease trucks, mm-hmm. and uh, exactly, and you'd go there, and it basically would be this kind of like circle of trucks, and people would they would make these sandwiches where it's, it's like a it's like a hamburger on it and then they put french fries and mozzarella sticks and anything that can kind of fit in the bun and then you eat it and then you get walked over to uh to uh Robert Johnson Hospital which is just <laughs> about 6 blocks away to get checked out cuz you're you're clearly either you're trying to do something to yourself I don't know, you might be considered a threat to yourself by eating the wrong fat sandwich. So what is the Fat Jerry, Jerry Ferrara? Oh, God, the Fat Jerry. This is, I guess you could say, is the closest thing to our breakfast-type sandwich because there are some eggs on it. It's like fried egg, mozzarella sticks, chicken fingers, french fries, uh, Philly cheesesteak, and uh, I want to say like mayo or something. And the first one opened up by UCLA in Westwood out here. And it is by, like, the UCLA Medical Center, too. So you can't just walk right over there, too, if you're feeling a little yeah. faintish. So that's the, take care of you. that's the West but Coast equivalent. Head yeah, over. It's uh, It's been great. We're on to our – we just opened the fourth one up in Austin, Texas. So wow. uh, who knew, man? Sandwiches, bro. I'm like Jared. Sandwiches. You are – You're ju- yeah, you're just like Jared. You're, like, <laughs> you're just like Jared. So you – Jerry Ferrara, who uh, people can uh, get on uh, Twitter at, was it Jerry C. Ferrara? Jerry C. Ferrara, yes. Yeah, someone's squatting on Jerry Ferrara, so I had to use the middle initial, which makes my mom very happy because she likes my middle name. What is your middle name? Let me. Can I guess? Is it Christopher? Sure. Christopher? No. Nope. No? No. Nope. Charles? Here, you want, you want, you want, I was about to give you a hint. I was about to say he's in charge. Oh, that's Charles. I know. I didn't that's even kinda, think. Yep. Jerry Charles Ferrara, weird, uh, weird, weird thing to it. Nobody ever called you JC. <laughs> yes, JC, but that's where the C comes from right. in, uh, in the Twitter handle. So, so yeah, so people can go uh, talk to you over at Jerry C Ferrara on on uh, Twitter. You are also a podcaster now. Like everybody, you've thrown your hat in the the ring now with podcasting. Can we say that this is the golden era of podcasting? We've had the golden era of TV. We've had the golden era of cinema. Uh, I feel like those are kind of gone. And now it's like the golden era of podcasting. Yeah. Um, I grew up with like an insane love for sports talk radio. I didn't have a TV in my room, so I mm-hmm. used to listen to the radio to go to sleep. And then obviously like how it's turned and all that. And um, this is just like my little kind of side dream of like, being a radio host, you know, much like yourself, although I don't do it on your scale. So what podcasts allow you to do, obviously, is do it on a small scale and still feel like you're doing it. So yeah. That's been the whole point. 
And your show is called Bad for Business. Yes, because my girlfriend is my producer, and a lot can go wrong with that situation. You scream? You two scream at each other? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's weird. Like, we're kind of nice to each other on the show, but then we're, like, brushing our teeth at night is where the truth comes out. In the unlikeliest of places. How much of you is Turtle? Which that makes me wonder now. How much of you is Turtle? Uh, look, I, I, I think that there's enough of everyone in, in whatever character they're playing. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get all sure. actory on you because I hate those conversations, but yeah, yeah. Like, I'd like to think that Daniel, there's a little bit of Daniel Day Lewis and Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I'm not trying to compare myself to Daniel Day Lewis by any stretch, but the point is, is like, yes, there are definitely similarities to myself and the character, but you know, there's also yeah. wide differences. Like I don't live with three other dudes like we did on the show. Yeah. You know, um, I like to think I'm a little more reserved. Like I, I, I lived through that character because I definitely did not have the freedom to kind of, or the confidence to walk up to girls the way he did. And, um, I think I'm a little more motivated and driven than he, he was, you know, he was a stoner, which I could relate to in my own way. But, uh, you know, he, he was a late bloomer and I like to think that I maybe got a much earlier start. Sure, sure. Now, do you, did you find it? How about this? Did you become more like this guy as time went on? Suddenly you're like, oh my God, I'm turning into this, uh, I'm living in this character too much. Starting to rub off on me. You know, it sucks. It's like, look, Entourage was such a fun show. I honestly really do not believe I will ever get a better job. What I mean by that is. Oh, I don't believe that. I, you'll, you'll, you'll get, you've got something else. I, I, hopefully, but what I mean is like, God, it was just so, I mean, it's because I was so much younger and like, I, I, I love all the guys that we did the show with and, mm-hmm. you know, it's shot in LA and that's where I live and rarely do things shoot where you live anymore. And, um, it just was so much fun. Like, I just can't even explain. I know everyone, a lot of actors say that like, Oh, I love the cast. I love like, and maybe they mean it. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. I legitimately mean it. Like it's yeah. just, it was an amazing show to just be a part of, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just uh, it was just a good run. Yeah, I don't so, even know where I was going. I forgot what you were doing. Yeah, no, you did. You answered. So when you were doing this thing, though, you're you're now a, a dude out in L.A. You're a wet, an East Coast guy, right? Living in in L.A. Yeah. And now you all you go audition for this thing. How what, what was that? What did that? It was how many times did you have to go in and audition for the before you got the part? Uh, legitimately probably like 50, um, 50. Oh yeah. And like, you know, the first part of the process obviously is like, you know, you just go in and you, your first step is get past the casting director mm-hmm. and you get past the casting director and then you go to produce it. Then they start pairing you up with other people they think are right for it, all leading toward the final network test. And, um, so I got paired up with so many different people and I do remember you get to the network test for HBO and there's always like three people, maybe more, but usually about three per character. I'm trying to look around and see who the other turtles are. Yeah. I, I clock the other two. Yeah, so you're sitting in the room. You, would you go in and you sit in the room you're looking at 18 other turtles? Uh, I'm looking at like three or four other turtles, but then it's weird. Then you look over and you see the Vince section. Then you see the Eric section. Yeah. Uh, you see the, and then the Johnny Drama section was only Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon basically had the part. Mm-hmm. He didn't know it, and they still made him test. And yeah. I remember when he finally got that information, he was like, well, well I wish you would have told me that because I really wouldn't have showed up for the mm-hmm. test. Yeah, he didn't have to show. And, um, he had it locked down. 
And I remember, like, I was so nervous. It was my first real big test. And um, I walk into the room, and Mark Wahlberg was in there. And it just was one of those, like, like you, you kind of flinch. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> there's Wahlberg. There he is right there. So I was a little nervous, did my first scene, and then they kick you out of the room. And then, uh, get, then they pair you up with someone. And Wahlberg, who I had not met at the time, came outside and points at me and is like, come here, I want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, God, I'm, like, getting called into the scariest yeah. principal's office in the world. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I watched all your tapes. He's like, you are this guy. Like, you got it. Don't be nervous. Don't worry about what the script mm -hmm. says. Go do what you were doing. He's yeah. like, you're, he kind of gave me the, like, you're blowing yeah. talk. Yeah, he's telling you and, to, to, to loosen up. So what did yeah. you do? You went out of the car, you, 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 you smoked a little bit of God's green herb, loosened up a little bit? <laughs> Uh, no, I just went rogue. I went into the room and I was like, I'm like, whoever, I just like went, like, I'm going to destroy. I don't remember who they paired me up with, but my mentality was like, I have to destroy this guy. And, um, I, I don't remember what I said, but all I remember is like, everyone in the room started laughing. And then mm -hmm. the worst part is like, they start sending people home. Yeah. Not making the so cut. They yeah. They whittle it down. And literally I remember plain as day being in the room with Kevin Dillon. Kevin Connolly and Adrian was not in LA who played Vince at that time and there was someone else there but but three out of four were on that stage the last people there mm -hmm. and I got the call an hour later yeah that's awesome long that's story. very exciting sorry that was a long way no 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 that was it we people want to know what this is like 50 auditions that's crazy so you easily you know what's crazy now though also Jerry Ferrara is that you on the on the show Entourage, for people who don't know, it's 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 about a movie star, and it's got all these uh, his his pals from the old neighborhood who hang out with him and kind of complete his world. Is that you were like the 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 the, the driver, the 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 goofball, and yeah. but in real life, you're Vince. <laughs> you're I, the uh, Vince. The, uh, that's. That's very flattering. I like to think I'm a little more stable than the Vince character was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I'd much rather kind of be the turtle character. It's so much less stressful and a lot more fun. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But you yeah, still, I mean, you, you, but I you got stuff going on. You got hit movies now. You got restaurants. Uh, well, trucks, not restaurants, but, you know, <laughs> restaurants with wheels on them. Um, you got stuff going on. You're all diversified now. And you know what's you know what's nice too is I'm 35 years old now, and I'm finally for the first time like relaxing and like mm -hmm. looking back a little bit. And in no means am I like done and ready for retirement. I'm close to semi-retirement because I'm just lazy. But now I'm starting to. I'm at the point where it's like you know what. No matter what happens from here, I. I I'm good. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I snuck into the club and yeah. I'm waiting for the bouncer to come shine the light on me and say, "What the hell are you doing in here?" Yeah. And like, what's that I don't like? Know, maybe that I don't know. I'm still, I'm still in the, in terms of life. I'm the guy outside. I'm, uh, I'm in the bathroom mopping up your vomit. No, come on. Hey, That's where look, I am. Look how easy this got done. You'd, you'd be in there. You, you throw. You, you, oh, great, Jerry Ferrara just horked in the men's room. Let me go get the bucket. At least I get to. No, what? One tweet from you, and you had my attention and fully, yeah, fully one tweet. committed on this show. That's okay. all it took, man. Give well, credit. All right. I'll tell you a little credit. So you, Jerry Ferrara, the, 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 it's exciting. Eight seasons of Entourage. Everybody uh, was a huge fan of the show, and 
Although, you know what the funny thing is that you are on it. You watched eight seasons of this thing. Every people go, yeah, Entourage is, uh, it's done now. I don't like it anymore. And then they get, then they're like, oh, I like it again now. Oh, like, so you're watching all that. But then it turns out all of a sudden the end of the day, everybody wants more of it. So you guys actually, there's all this talk. We're going to do a movie and it takes like forever for this movie to get done. But the movie gets done. Now it's coming out. When, when's it coming out? The Entourage movie. June 5th. It will be out. And the trailer is uh, up on Facebook and YouTube and all those various things I don't know too much about. Sure. But, uh, yeah, the trailer's up. It was very, very well received. Yeah. And, um, look, and, you know, the movie's good, which is obviously I, I might be a little selfish saying that, but, like, we it really turned out better than I could have even imagined, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Oh, good, good. You got and, you know, you worry, like, did we wait too long? Did we wait, you know, did we mm-hmm. do it too soon? No, I think the timing is actually right. I don't think we can wait any longer. Or mm-hmm. else we'll be doing it from an old age home. No, nah. yeah, because all of a sudden it'll be, uh, you'll be doing Entourage and you got uh, the Dancing with the Stars. Like, Vince will be on Dancing with the Stars. And you'll be, that might uh. There's been a reference at one point that I think got cut from the movie. No. Now, in this movie, look, I'm not expecting you to give us the whole plot of this thing, of course. Everybody can go see it when it comes out in June. Give us one one thing. Give me one scrap. One, one, one morsel of something that we can one look forward to. Of something. Uh, you know, I'll give you, um, give you, oh. I'll give you like three small things that oh. add up to a morsel. I don't know if this is a morsel. Okay. These are sub-morsels that will... Turn like like a Voltron into a full morsel. Like you know what? I lost the yellow Voltron, and I still haven't recovered. I had I was walking around minus the yellow, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And the great Voltron reference, by the Before way. Before you give these morsels, some this guy Mike, who's my associate producer here, just asked me. He wants to know he, he his least favorite thing, and I, I told him this is a positive interview. He was so mad at this Dom plot line on Entourage. Oh, he hated Dom. So he would come in every week. Dom this, Dom that. Because he thought Dom was going to force his way in like a fifth guy. I was like, don't worry. There's four guys. Don't worry, Mike. Played, played by Dominic Lombardozzi, who's yeah. one of my dear friends. Dom starred in the show with one of the other, if not maybe the best HBO show of all time, The Wire played Herc on The Wire. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal actor, phenomenal guy. Um, Dom was in the mix, I think, to play one of these characters early on when the show was a little bit yeah, darker. Yeah, yeah. So um, Doug Allen, the creator of the show, has always loved Dom, so he literally wrote, obviously, the Dom character for Dom. And it was, by design, made for you to not really love him, because, yes, he came in, he infiltrated the group, and... Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, everybody kind of wanted him gone. I, I thought it was a great character. I totally understood that character. I've known, like, when a friend of mine has, like, come to visit from New York and visit me in L.A., like, the kind of damage that could be caused yeah. by that. So I related to it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. But a lot of people agree where you're a producer and kind of wanted Dom yeah. off the island. No, but, he uh, was – I'm telling you, look, this guy Mike – this might be, this might be, he might have brought a little bit of this to the table himself where he needs to get a little perspective on things. But he was like, it's like, they're not going to add a fifth guy. This isn't the Brady Bunch, Mike. He, and the one when he started trying to take the pan and do all the cooking and, and, uh, oh, Mike did not like that. Yeah, he had to give me a dead arm in the show because his character wanted to drive, so yeah. he punches me in the arm. 
And I remember them asking me early in that day, uh, hey, Jerry, you want like an arm pad or something? Because Dom has to punch you, and yeah. Dom's a relatively big guy. Yeah. And obviously he's still pulling it. I'm like, nah, I didn't want to come off as like, you know, a lightweight. I wanted to show I could take it. Dude, I had a black and blue from the top of my shoulder <laughs> to the bottom of my elbow from yeah. Dom punching yeah. me in the arm. Because for people day. who don't know, this guy Dom, he looks like uh, Mr. Clean on steroids. Right, he's a he's a he's a big, he's a big strong guy. He can be intimidating, but if you get to know him as a friend, like I have all these years, he's got a heart of gold. Yeah, and he's a damn good actor. Sure, no, he's been in all sorts of things. Like he's, he works all the time. That guy. So what are these yeah. morsels? Like we need the sub morsels before. Oh, the morsels. Okay, uh, the morsels. Uh, the Ari character is back running the. That's not a morsel. We knew finish. he was back. Let me finish. Oh, oh you're right. Fair enough. I will let you finish. <laughs> He's back running the studio now. Oh. And his first job out of the gate is is a high-financed Vincent Chase movie that Vincent Chase is directing. Okay. Going the Ben mm-hmm. Affleck route. Sure. Directing, writing, starring. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. sub-morsel that's going to yeah. go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next sub-morsel, next sub-morsel is, and it has to do with my character, uh, and you see it in the trailer, great cameo by Ronda Rousey. Um, and a lot of you saw in the trailer, listening, hopefully you saw it. I get in the octagon with her, and I could answer the age-old question. Like, Ronda Rousey would beat the living heck out of me in about mm-hmm. eight seconds flat. So, sure. tiny sub-morsel, that's going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. And huh. then uh, the cameos are just, uh, in true entourage fashion, uh, you, we get all the old regulars in there, you know, Bob Saget, Andrew mm-hmm. Dice Clay, mm-hmm. uh, everyone you've grown to love from the show, and just, you know, there's a Gronkowski sighting, there's a, there may be, I, I can't give too much away. Don't go, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't, I don't want you getting disinvited from the premiere, because you said too much. Russell Wilson, a lot of good athletes okay. all right. off the charts. Did you meet and, Gronk? Uh, Do you know Gronk? That guy Gronk? I met that guy, Gronk. Uh, yes, he was on set, and uh, obviously he wasn't a Super Bowl champion yet yeah. at that moment. But um, Does he... a nice guy, fun guy. You could tell he likes to have fun. I'm not great to yeah. use by saying that. No, he looks like he, the kind of guy who, uh, if football didn't work out for him, he'd be like renting jet skis or something like that. <laughs> right? I mean, what a great guy. Like, you could party with that guy. If, if some, some beef breaks out, yeah. you could probably fight like yeah. i don't know i'd party with gronk any day well he'd be the guy when you go rent a jet ski and then you're also looking to buy weed he'd be the guy who would tell you where to buy weed and when you're going to rent a jet ski he'd hook somebody he'd hook you up it Look. is pretty crazy to see it, it really was like a like a like a theme park attraction in a way to see mm-hmm. a guy that big and to yeah. think that like oh my like this guy it runs like a four six four. It's just insane to think something that large could move mm-hmm. that fast. Sure, yeah, yeah. So this, so look, you t, you t, those I'm going to say add up to that's half a morsel. Anybody who pays attention to the trailer could have got those, but I don't want to. I'm not going to put you under the microscope either. People got to go pay to see there? the movie. I didn't say. I, oh, I know what you did. Look, like get me in trouble. Oh, I know. It was dead, very. It was a little tap dance you did. You tap danced your way away from giving anything away, which is all I. I. You know what? Honestly, I didn't want you to give anything away. I, cause I want everybody to see the thing and be surprised when the movie comes out. Yeah, you know, everybody don't can you go want see to it. Enjoy it. Of don't course. You want to enjoy it. I know. So tell us two, we have a couple questions coming in here from fans. Uh, Gabe Great. wants to know, uh, who is your turtle? 
<laughs> uh, you know, I don't really have one. It's sad. Uh, if you would have thought after all these years, mm -hmm. maybe I would have had one. I'm sorry. It's not more interesting answer, Gabe. But, uh, you know, I never really had a turtle. I kind of like to drive myself around. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really roll deep like that. I feel like it just slows me down. I feel like I can get in and out of places a lot quicker mm -hmm. uh, without having three or four dudes with me. Sure. No, of course. Sorry, Gabe. Ah. Sorry, Gabe. All right. So, yeah, Gabe, better luck next time. With your question, what uh, what's the what's the worst thing anybody uh, said to you uh, when you're just out and about? Uh, you know, being being a, a normal dude who happens to be on a TV show and be in movies. Like, do people mistake you for the character and then they they scream turtle and you're just like, all right, that's enough. Uh, I'm not I turtle. mean, look, that 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 used to happen, and still, it actually, believe it or not, it did happen today. It actually happened today. Someone driving by. Um, it used to happen. A lot, especially in the early seasons, you know, sure. low, and yeah. I guess because, you know, you're on TV, you're in people's homes, they feel like you know, they know you, so, you know, I don't think anyone had any of that, and I don't really have a large body of work to go off of before this, so sure. yeah, people sure. definitely jumped to that. It has mm -hmm. changed now that it's been 10 years since mm -hmm. it started, it's a lot more Jerry and and people kind yeah. of knowing my full name, but mm -hmm. it still does happen, and mm -hmm. um, I have a... I think I have a good way of looking at that. Look, if you're obnoxious, you're obnoxious. That's just the bottom line. Sure. You're going to come up and scream and, inv and like, invade private personal space and, like, touch and all that. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you're calling me. Like, that's just not cool. But, look, if you come up cool, I don't expect you to know my name. And if you watch the show and I get it, like, yeah. you want me to be that. So I wouldn't be talking to you right now if, if there wasn't Entourage and Turtle. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not on this phone call with you most Fair likely. point. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I've always had a pretty realistic thought. It's given me so many good things in my life. Like, I, I don't care. I know it's not going to be like that the rest of my life. And yeah. if it is, not that bad of an outcome. Yeah. Look, who knows? 15 years side, from now. I've had, I've had really bad things said that weren't just people coming up saying, Turtle, there's like... What's the worst thing? Reapers. What's well, the worst like thing? Website. It was a website designed in the very early years, and there still was websites. Everything wasn't like a Facebook or a Twitter page. There was like a website designed to kill my character off. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there was like the like poll questions on how should we do it. That one, yeah. my mom didn't like that one. No, sure. Um, she shouldn't. I mean, yeah, I've had people get so disappointed when I won't smoke weed with them. It's like it's like I told them there's no Santa Claus when they come yeah. up to me. And they're yeah. like, yo, you want to yep. go smoke a blunt? I'm like, hey, I don't really do that much anymore, whatever. And if I did, like, I don't know. I'm not going to smoke your strange weed. I don't know yeah, you. Like, exactly. There's, there's you know, some weirdos yeah. putting PCP in it. Next thing you yeah, know, I you're know. running down the middle of uh, Melrose. In your underwear, screaming. Keep thinking of like Chris Tucker in Friday when he said he smoked dust by accident. Next thing you know, I'm in Debo's pigeon coop. So yeah, yeah I exactly. wasn't. Uh, I wasn't up for that, but um, yeah, I've had some terrible things said to me. Well, man. I'm sorry. On behalf of those, I apologize. On behalf of the general public. No, I've that. had great, dude. I've had, I've had, so I've gotten a lot of love, more love than hate. So. uh it's all good. All right. couple more things, and we'll let you go. I want to ask you, let me see how you know about your own body of work. I'm going to name a character you played, and you have to tell me the, the thing that he was in. You oh, ready? Jesus. <laughs> Here we oh, go. God. Vivo. Wow, that I, that I remember. That was the first movie I ever did. Uh, that is a film called Cross Bronx, which is what got me my first audition in Entourage. All right. 
Let's see here. Joe Buckner. Joe Buckner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my Lord. Seven oh, days in not, Utopia. You didn't even wait. You didn't even no. warn me. Look, up. we got to move here. We got to move. That's how you pull a muscle. I'm yeah, not going to let you look it up on IMDb. Seven days in Utopia, a okay. golf movie. Dean. Yeah. Dean. Oh, that, yes, yes, yes. That was Las Vegas. That's right. With starring Mr. Robert De Niro. Okay, student number two. <laughs> Many of my earlier uh, projects. Uh-huh. Uh, you can pick one. Grounded for Life, King of Queens, City Guys, pick one. Well, that's not accurate because for everybody who knows, on King of Queens, you played Joey. <laughs> and on Grounded for Life, you played Drew. So is this, uh, oh my God, student. One more, one more, and then I'll, I'm going to let you off the hook with this. Okay. Let's see. One more. Hazlert. Hazlert. Uh, Sergeant Hazlert. That was Battleship. That was you sunk my, no! No! Lone Survivor! Lone Survivor! That was Lone Survivor. Battleship, you played Samson Jude Strodel. Well, great. Now I feel like a total idiot. No, it's fine. You're, what, are you supposed to be home staring at your IMDb all night? Memorizing it? You did the thing. You move on to the next thing. Final thing. How do you fix the Knicks, Jerry Ferrara? Fix the Knicks for me right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. What do you um, do? You walk, uh, you I, walk Phil Jackson into the Hudson? <laughs> Look. The simple, easy fix. First, the, the fact that they didn't get Dragic was absolutely depressing. Um, I look around the NBA, and all I see are, besides the obvious three Hall of Fame players, every competitive team has a great point guard. The yeah. Knicks have not had a great point guard since Clyde Frazier. Yeah. So um, I think, of course, you get a big man in the draft, try and sign Marcus all for sure, but I think priority, priority, priority – we need a floor general point guard leader. Yeah, not a yeah. what's-his-face with the uh, gun running around on the floor. Remember when he was like, I thought his gun was going to fall out of his uh, oh, Ray, shorts. Oh, Ray Felton? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. The yeah, travesty. Ray Felton. It is nice when you're watching the game and you see Ray Felton's a late scratch due to an arrest for illegal gun charges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the kind of guy who you would expect. He could either be on the floor or you could see him on the 4th of July at a competitive eating contest. <laughs> Which is crazy because four years before this, before we traded for Carmelo Anthony, yeah. he was having like an all-star yeah. year with Amari Stoudemire yeah, in his first year, and then we got him back 30 pounds later. Yep, he, he, 30, exactly. They kind of, Don't worry, they come back to the Knicks when they're nice and... Uh, Nice and then and, 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 and Logie, like they just... What do you uh, do? Are you a Knicks fan? Yeah. So you're miserable like me. What do you do? What do I do? Phil Jackson should have coached. I shuttle Phil Jackson. For, Phil Jackson sucks. This guy. He should have took the heat for the first season. And nah, he laid Fisher nah, out to dry. Nah, he's half asleep. This guy, they should have never hired this guy. He's half asleep. He, this, I, I think Phil Jackson's the most overrated guy in the history of sports. He never coached a team without a, without a top 10 all-time player on it. I mean, wasn't there reports, I think they've been nullified, but... Uh, that he was like somewhere in the Bahamas during the trade deadline and All Star break and wasn't available and could not get Wi Fi to pitch in on the Goran Dragic deal. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> no, no, well, I think that was not true. But what a great story. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Uh, the Knicks still have Cole Aldrich and Langston Galloway to take them all uh, the distance. 
I've been tweeting that the Cole Aldrich era has begun since November 24th. I remember I watched the game, and, it, yes, that's when the Cole Aldrich era I do like Langston, though. I mean, I think he's he'd a, be a good little piece. He's all right when you got it. He's all right for a fantasy basketball team, but not in real life. You got uh, somebody just is uh, flipping out here. This guy on Twitter, Alexis, says, "Hey, uh, what are you talking about?" And he puts a picture with no great point guard since Walt Frazier. Puts a picture of uh, Charlie Ward up. Come on, you dummy. That's not a good. Uh, that's not. And a, you know, it was his second best sport. Yeah, which exactly. Was interesting too. It was Charlie Ward's second best sport, and I did like Charlie Ward a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, they had that great run of the eight seed that year, or the seven seed. I that was it. Was the, the eight seed. Nine. 1999. Well. 1999. So, yep. Jerry Ferrara, people can get you over at Jerry, at Jerry C. Ferrara on Twitter. You got this uh, podcast now, Bad Four, Number Four Business. Where do people get that? Over at iTunes? Uh, yeah, that's on iTunes, like most of them. And uh, we do have the website, B for B, E-N-T. But, yeah, iTunes is always the easiest way. And, um and thank you for that, because uh, being a fan of radio and podcasts, and I've gone before I did this, I've listened to a lot of your stuff, and uh, you're doing it right, man. Keep oh, well, that, that's sweet of you to say. Mike wants to know if you're a huge Mike Francesa fan. I am. I mean, that's what I grew up on, you know? Like, there's times where I also disagree vehemently, but also, like, that's what I, I grew up listening to, you know? So that's part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Mike went and saw him at this thing called Francesa Con. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did hear Mike yeah. was at that. Yeah. Irving Plaza. He was at Francesca. So I, guess he's a fan. I guess he's a big fan. Yeah, yeah. Somebody also, <laughs> one more question, then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Wh- sure. Which Beatle is, if, you, if, the, if the, the Entourage guys are the Beatles, who is who? Uh, I mean, I guess Vince is John. I'm trying to think. The hard part is who's Paul. I don't know. Paul would be E. I think I'm definitely no Johnny Drama is probably Ringo. Yeah, I need a lot of time to think about. That's a really good question. I might do that on my podcast. Well, look, I might I'll steal look, one of your look. listeners' topics for a podcast. Well, I'll give it to you right now. Eric is John Lennon because he's sour and crabby. Uh, you got uh, Vince is Paul because he's cute. You're George because nobody knows what you're going to do next, and you got more potential up your sleeve than people think. And then Johnny Drama is Ringo, because he's a buffoon. But once well, in a while, he impresses for, everybody. And now I don't even, now I just, you just cost me a whole podcast. There you go. Sorry, look. <laughs> look, you're the one throwing your hat in my ring. This is competitive. You don't see me auditioning for Entourage. Touche, my friend. You won. <laughs> well, Jerry, this has been a total blast. I appreciate it. And uh, people can check you out on Twitter, Jerry C. Ferrara. We check your podcast out, Bad for Business, and the uh, movie, Entourage movie, comes out in June. Thank you so much, man. Anytime, literally, oh. you, uh, if you want to have me on, it All would right. be an absolute pleasure. Just, well, thanks uh, so much. Get in touch. You, you have a great night. Take care, buddy. Uh, all Bye. right, be well. Thanks. How about that, Mike? Mike doesn't like it. Mike was so, he was so mad about Dom being on the show. I remember he would come in, veins bursting, just worried. I hope this guy doesn't, I hope this guy doesn't become the fifth member, the fourth member of the entourage. Because there's five guys, but one, because Vince is not in the entourage. He is the, uh, 
We should have talked to him about how we tried to write the Entourage movie on the air. Remember that? No sneakers questions. Didn't even get to talk about his dog, Arnold. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a follow up. Who's good here, Mike? Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm doing all right. Who's this? Uh, this is Chuck uh, down in Atlantic City. Chuck in Atlantic City. What part of Atlantic City? Oh, uh, right in the heart of the city, Atlantic City High School graduate. All right. Race. All right. How are things down there going? A little rough uh, lately? Cold. cold. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know it's cold, but the casinos, what's going on? What's... Uh, Things are not looking so hot right now. Uh, well, the mayor seems to think things are on an upswing. Uh, the latest thing is um, some guy wanted to buy Revel, uh, the one that closed down, and turn it into yeah. a, a massive indoor water park. Mm-hmm. Uh, the logistics of that kind of escaped me, considering you know <laughs> you're two feet from the beach. But yeah. better than a big empty building, I guess. Look, for people who don't know this, Rev- Revel is a casino that opened in uh, in uh, uh, Atlantic City. It almost just opened, and then it went out of business. As soon as, more or less, as soon as it opened, right? Less was it open yeah. for a year and a half? I want to say it was close to two years. Okay, and, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, like a year and a half. Yeah, they can't sell the thing for pennies on the dollar now. So this is what I say they should do. This thing went out of business. Revel. This is how you fix it. You ready? Okay. You take this Revel Casino. You put five thousand cameras in it wall cameras okay. ceiling cameras just hang with me here for a second i'm here oh i know you're here don't worry oh so literal take five thousand cameras you wire this place from every angle every room has a camera in it every you can't go two feet without being on, on a camera right okay you turn the lights on turn so no, you turn half the lights on then what you do is you th- you throw the doors open. Anyone can come in this place and do whatever they want, right? But this, but, 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 you're like now I know you're saying, well, how how did it not make money? How did it not make money? How, how's it going to make money? This is how. It's very simple. One hour a day, you have a team of editors, right? They take all the footage. That's shot from this thing. And they put together the best one hour of footage that would go on in this place. If you open the doors and you let anyone come in and do whatever they wanted, right? And it's also, there's a sign saying, you do whatever you want in here. Get the mayor to give it some sort of legal dispensation. No guns, but uh, but anything short of that, uh, uh, you know, just you're not murdering people or attacking people. It's not a violent thing. It's just depravity. In there. And you film it, and then you put it, you, everybody subscribes to this website where they get to see one hour of what goes on in this casino as the animals. And you have one tape, you have a couple games are still live there. Like there's like a little bit of gambling still going. You tell me that would be the biggest thing that ever happened. Cause it would be like a, it would be like a real life walking dead. 
you know, if somebody wins big in one of the games, would you be would the, would somebody be allowed to take their money they or could. Is that off limits? Yeah, no, that could be a part of it. And you also have like some sort of like uh, instead of the police, we'd make them like kind of futuristic cops in there, right? So we're looking at something like a dystopian rebel. Kind of, yeah. I like it. I like it. What uh, what about the um, where, where would it be broadcast? Because I feel like on the internet, like duty or something. It'd be on the internet, and then you also put it on uh, on uh, uh, TV. You put it on HGTV. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I'm sold. I, I think uh, I think you should take some meetings. You I tell me. You tell me that wouldn't bring that revel back. It would be the biggest money maker going. People would be turning into horror casino, buying subscription what, what, plans. Well, a lot of my, a lot of the mutants I went to high school with and went on to get jobs, like as as dealers or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe they could really take the worst of the worst and send them there and just kind of, you know, get real Darwinian with it. And, oh yeah, you know who, whoever uh, whoever walks out gets the job. I I don't know who to talk to about this, but if you can get me a, ma- a meeting with the mayor. I would uh, be into that. All right. Well, thank you, Tom. Um, anyway, this is my first time calling. I don't want to take up much more of your time. Uh, I really do uh, appreciate everything you do. And uh, my, my quick point I wanted to make uh, before we talked about my lovely hometown was uh, I was earlier listening to uh, um, the episode of uh, the, the Nerdiest, as, as you've called it, uh, with uh, Sleater Kinney was on. I've very much uh, been enjoying their new album, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I thought I, I thought I'd give that a listen. And uh, if I could just vent about it real quick, I thought this would be a proper forum. Um, I just—it was about an hour long, and I felt like I didn't learn anything at all. Okay, well, look, so you were hanging out. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. You and didn't I, like it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize yeah. on behalf of the podcasting community. I just think you do a better job, as well. Yeah, no kidding. Do a better job than, than anybody like Spuds Turkle doing anything. Anyway, uh, thank you very much. Studs or Spuds? Which one is it? Spuds? It's Spuds. It's Spuds Turkle. Spud. No, it's Studs. Studs Turkle. Studs. Wow. Studs. Man. Spuds thank McKenzie. Which one was the writer and which one was the creepy dog that they sexualized uh, women around and made the commercials completely unsettling that... They act, that, a, that a major corporation in America actually would portray women as being uh, turned on by a dog. Which one was which, again? I think Studs Terkel is the writer who's about 160 years old now, if I'm not mistaken. But he must have died, though. He still can't be alive, right? I wouldn't think so. There's no way he's 160 years old. You should, you should probably have Mike check on that, though, just to be sure. I'll ha- yeah, I'll have Mike check. Mike, can you check whether Spuds McKenzie is still alive? No, Studs McKenzie is still alive. Maybe both, just to be sure. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't say bye-bye. You're a grown man. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Unless I'm your kid, then you say bye-bye. Always drive me nuts. Bye-bye from adults. Got adults saying bye-bye. Mike took Entourage so personally. It was very... It was a weird time for him. Best show, you're on the air. 
Hey, Tom, this is John from Los Angeles. John from Los Angeles, what's up? Uh, I wanted, uh, speaking about Riff Raff, uh, he says that he and Kanye went to high school together uh, and that they were on the same volleyball team. Okay. And uh, this was like an interview back in 2010 or something, and then that has vanished from the internet. And now there's a, there was a one a few years later where he said that he was that Kanye had uh, banned him from talking about their time together. Wait, wait. So who banned who from what now? Kanye reached out to Riff Raff to say that he could no longer talk about their time together in high school. Ban? What is he? The emperor? Ban him? What kind of ban could he put on him? Ban. Well, it seems like you, you sure you got the, you sure you're using uh, the right word there. <laughs> it's it's the word that Riff sort of used. He said that he was no longer going to talk about Kanye until they had worked something out. Well, that's about that's it. fine. That's not a ban. What a oh, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to say. What are we gonna say? So what's up, buddy? What else? Um, nothing. What's up with okay. you? Nothing? You say that's a magic word to uh, get shown the door. What's up? Nothing. Bye. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, this is Tom calling from Corpus Christi, Texas. From Corpus Christi. Great great name, first of all. Oh, I know. First Latin for body of Christ. The best. No, your name, Tom. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is a good name. Okay. Well, 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 what, what do you got, young man? Well, what are you bringing to the table tonight? Well, did you see that thing last week uh, about Lou Reed um, from that like PBS, PBS interview from like the '80s, where apparently he called the Beatles garbage and the Doors stupid? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a there's a band down here in Corpus, probably like the biggest band here, but they're basically a cover band of. Uh, the 60s sound because they write their own songs but they really rip off a bunch of other uh, bands from that era and he was posting on all the social medias how he was really pissed off and uh, I don't know I what's the big so we thought the Beatles stunk it's like one one voice saying that that somebody hated the Beatles what are we gonna start arresting people for not liking the Beatles no, I mean, I, I kind of agreed with what he was saying. Look, there's plenty of people who don't like the Beatles. It's true. There's plenty it's of people who think they, they they lost it when they did the Sgt. Peppers and never got it back. I think that's when they started to be better, what? to be honest. Nah, you're nuts. Goodbye. Best show, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Tom. This is Jim. Hi, Jim. What's up? I wanted to see if you can solve a riddle. Hmm. Always my favorite, uh, always my favorite kind of calls riddles. Well, well, first of all, you, my love of riddles, everyone knows how much I just love a good riddle. What's the, what's the riddle? Okay. You may remember this one, but I, w- I want to see if you can get it this time. Is it about a mouse or something? There are three mice in a mouse hole. No, you guys admitted that there was no r- the answer to this, though. You, you blew it. You already told no. me that. No, that's not true. Okay, then what's the answer? Well, I want to see if you can solve it. 
three mice in a mouse hole. All three leave at the same time. There's still two left. Say it again. There, there are three mice in a mouse hole. All three leave at the same time, but there's still two left. Yeah, I, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't, I don't care even I don't, a little bit. I, I don't believe that. Oh, well, you better believe it, because I truly... Here's the thing, Tom. Here's the thing. What? Are you willing to invest? Am I willing to invest in... Well, okay, wait, wait. You know what? You're, you, you got me a little bit. I am a little interested in it. Yeah. So go ahead, try. Try to answer. Just give me the riddle again. What is it? Okay. And let me there say, take your time with it so I can take every step of this in. Okay. There are three mice in a mouse hole. All three of them leave the mouse hole at the same time. Okay. But there are still two left. What's the origin of this riddle? Uh, at least. 300 years old. Is there a country that it originated in? Uh, I think Switzerland. Okay. Because I'm seeing something here online. It says that the riddle... Uh, yeah, it says it originated in... Uh, Goodbye. I hate that. I hated that when those guys called. They, they called the show with that dumb thing. When did they? Could they start calling the show eight years ago with that? I was disinterested by it then. And my my interest has only diminished since then. I tell you, I talked about the hammer last week. The hammer swings both ways. Some days you're the one getting hit by the hammer. Other days suddenly you're holding the hammer. One of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And this was not a good thing to see, but it was an instructive thing. I was in uh, Toronto. On Young Street. And I saw two guys fighting on the street as I sat in a uh, a little cafe outside the window. Two guys were fighting. One guy had a bat. And he starts swinging this bat at this other guy. And people are gathering around. Oh my God, this guy's going to smash this dude with the other bat, with the, with the bat. This is unbelievable. This guy's going to get smashed with a bat. So this guy's swinging the bat, hitting the other guy with the bat. Like all torso shots. Nothing, no cracking him over the head. He's hitting him with the bat. But then, the other guy pulls a move, like under his arm. I think he like trapped the bat under his arm. And he got the bat from the guy. And suddenly, 
the guy getting hit by the bat had the bat. And this dude turned and he started whomping this guy with the bat. And you know what the guy who was getting hit by the bat then should have just said, you know what? This is as fair as it gets. I had a bat and you didn't. And I chose to hit you with the bat. But then you rested, you wrestled, not rested, you wrestled the bat from me. And now you have the bat and I don't. So yeah, start hitting me with it. That's fair. And when I saw that, just makes you realize, man, in life, sometimes you're holding the bat, sometimes you're getting hit by the bat, that, that bat can swing back and forth. Someday I'll hold the bat again. 2015 has just been a, a me on Young Street getting hit with a bat. While, a, while people gawk at me from a, uh, inside ca- a cafe. And it was a little cafe. Mike, it was a little cafe. Do you know what they did in that cafe? They played guitar all night and day. Yeah. Do you know how I knew that, Mike? Do you know how I knew they played guitar all night and day in there? So you could hear them in the back room strumming. That's the dumbest thing I've ever said on the radio. (laughs) Hey, Mike. Hold on, Mike. Do you know why? Because Rosie's coming. Yeah. Hey, Mike, did I tell you what happened to to my car? Um, Well, my tires got slashed. And I almost crashed. But the Lord had mercy. Yeah. Do you know where this happened, Mike? He's taking a call. Mike, do you know where this happened to me? Somewhere in the swamps of Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Does it? I don't know why it would. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? This is Drew in uh, Minneapolis. How you doing? Doing all right, Drew. What's up? Uh, not much. I'm having a birthday today, and uh, I don't know. I gathered a bunch of friends together, and I just wanted to listen to the best show tonight. So they all told me I should call in. I've always wanted to call. Long time listener, first time caller. So it's your birthday? It is my birthday. Uh, yeah. uh but, uh, can I tell you, Tom, uh, I, I, w- I didn't want to do this, but I wore the uh, Best Show for Life t-shirt on Kimmel last year, and I just wanted to tell you... Uh, oh, I know you. You're in a band. Uh, I am in a band, yeah. That's What's not, the name that's of the band? Important part. Well, uh, the band is called Polisa. But, uh, Polisa? Polisa. Which is like if Marky e. Smith was talking about the police, right? Yes. Police. Sir. Police. Sir. Right? Uh, yeah. And what, what, because you wore it when the best show was ending, suddenly there's a drummer on, on, 
the 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 suddenly there's a, a thing on the on the uh, on Jimmy Kimmel. The drummer's wearing a shirt that says "Best Show for Life," and this is you. You sure it's you? You're this not is, pulling a fast one on me? No, no. This this is me, Tom. Uh, uh, you know, I never, I didn't want to call to brag about it or anything, but I just wanted to tell you, you know, I've loved the news since the show was back. Been listening every night, and just wanted to let you know we're. We're rallying behind you. Well, thanks, buddy. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, are you having a good birthday? Actually, I'm having a really good time. Uh, my friends are all kind of talking amongst themselves, but I'm just sort of sitting there listening to the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's a good time. You sound a little loaded. No, uh, no. A little loose. It's all right. I'm not judging. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm you should be. Cool. It's your birthday. <laughs> it's your you birthday. Get, getting older. It's all right. Have fun. Have you ever have you ever been to Minneapolis? Minneapolis. I've never been to Minneapolis. No kidding. No. no. I'm not kidding. I know that sounds like the kind of thing I would kid about, but I'm not. Well, that's all right. There was a fellow who called in a few weeks ago with a good Prince story. That was enjoyable. Was it? I don't remember I anymore. So. You didn't think so when he brought the uh, busload of people to see Noah? Yeah, that was a good story. I can't remember anything. I can barely remember if Jerry Ferrara called at this point. And then I think the drummer from Polisa called. You're just not retaining retaining no. the shows, are you? It's like a sieve. My head's like a sieve. Stuff just drips out. Well, is there something we can do for you on this yeah, end, Tom? A, a brain transplant. And $1 million. That would fix everything. Short of that, <laughs> just be nice to each other. Fair enough. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Tom. Have a happy appreciate birthday. It. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much. Have okay. a good night. You too. Bye. That was fun. Fun guy. That was the guy that wore that shirt on Jimmy Kimmel. It was pretty awesome. Best show for life. Drummer Ward. Uh, it's fun like that. People care. It's nice when people like the best show. It's nice when they like it. Everybody likes it. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, this is Thor in Newbridge Heights. Thor? Yeah. Hey, Thor, how are you? Good, how you doing? Mm. Loving the show. You're back with a vengeance, man. Oh, thank, thanks, buddy. Um, I, I just wanted to say I love that section of the show last week where you talked about the Patty Smith incident in the elevator mm. i know yeah well I, I i know it was look it was, it was that was tough that that uh i commend you for sharing that with everybody and i'll tell you one thing man that took a set of solid brass crotch marbles if you ask me to uh tell the the story of me being in san francisco uh right. a few weeks ago and then Seeing Patty Smith at the hotel I was staying at, and um, seeing her over and over, and the fourth time I saw her, I was compelled by who knows what to ask her to go into the elevator she was in, and then to ask her if she saw Humble Pie play back in the day, which was a yeah, that was. Uh, I still don't get it. What? I, what? Thor. I There's wish. Well, it's two artists that you never hear of together. Thor, that's why I asked the question. I, I figured, see. I figured if any, well, if I asked her about what television were like back in the day, 
Right. That would have, she would have said, this is the eight millionth time I've been asked that question. Right. I never thought of it that way. You're right. Yeah. 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 It's still still crazy, though. But it's, look, it was, I I blew it. I blew it. I'm not saying that that, it was like a swing and a huge, huge miss. Well, you know, life is full of swings and misses, but, uh, you know, if if you're into it, I'd love to have you tell the story on Elevator Shame sometime. What's that? I'd love to have you on Elevator Shame sometime. What What is Elevator Shame? It's my podcast. It's a podcast called Elevator Shame. Yeah. What What is What is that? Well, Elevator Shame is the preeminent podcast for people to share their most shameful, most embarrassing elevator stories. Their most embarrassing elevator stories? Yeah. Like, well, how many elevator stories like mine could there even be? Oh, there's a lot. You'd be surprised, Tom. Really? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. And, you know, I'll be honest. Like 70% of the stories are fart-based, but there are some other really interesting tales that, that, that come through our, our podcast. Uh-huh. Of of yeah. embarrassing incidents in elevators. Yeah. Like like what? Oh, well, off the top of my head, like, uh, oh, uh, there was a woman who called in about the time she was a, a, a teenager, and she was in an elevator. And you know how kids will do that prank where they'll, they'll get in the elevator and they'll push all the buttons Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's like 30 stories, and so this elevator stops at every floor now, and everyone who's in it is angry because they have to, you know, their their journey is slowed down quite a bit, right? Sure, yes. So, so she does that, and then who gets on the elevator on the next floor but Walter Cronkite? Gets like, on. Gets on the elevator, and he, of course, is going to the top floor. And so he was furious. He was, so, he was so mad that she said he was basically grazing on his own mustache the entire time. Because now this elevator had to stop yep. at every floor. Yeah, very angry. Oof. And she was very embarrassed. Uh, there was also um, a very famous film critic who wrote a scathing review of the film On Deadly Ground. Mm-hmm. And then he found himself trapped in an elevator with the film star Steve, Steven Seagal. Wow. Oh. How, tough, how tough is that, right? Oh, that's brutal. It is. And so, of course, some, somehow Stephen realizes who this other person in the elevator is. He was so mad. Yeah. He made the critic get down on the elevator floor and clean the elevator floor with his ponytail. Not with his own ponytail, with, with Seagal's ponytail, which is just weird, isn't it? That's... He made him clean the elevator with his own ponytail. Yes, yeah. It, you know, so, so then his ponytail gets all grimy. I, I don't quite understand the logic of it. I, it must be some kind of Buddhist muscle man thing or something. Mm, that's really weird. Yeah. You've seen those statues of, of the Buddha doing reps on the delt machine, right? Stat- no, wait, it's the, it's the lats machine. I've never... I've never seen. Wait, it's a statue of the Buddha, shirtless. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Working out. Yes. Yeah. 
And in most of those things, you know, he's kind of doughy. Yeah. You know, those statues, yeah. he's doughy. Sure. He's, he's cut in, 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 in this statue I've seen. I can't remember where I saw it, I've though. never seen those statues. If only there was some way to Google that image. Yeah. I don't know. Of a ripped, like, Buddha lat machine. That sounds like a like a like an indie rock band from the early '90s or something, doesn't it? It sounds like a like a say it again, Buddha lat machine. Buddha lat machine. Yeah, like Buddha lat machine with boy dog pondering its limbs. Yeah, or it sounds like um, it sounds like a pavement B side. It does. Hey, speaking of pavement, yeah. Please tell me you saw that metal show this week with Getty Lee. I did not see it. Oh my God! You're because in- it came oh, back. Oh. That metal show is the program on what's it on VH1 Classic? Classics, yes. And it's it's this well, show. A few shows not in high def <laughs> currently being made. Thankfully, though, yes. in a way. Hey, why um, do you say that? Well, eh, I'm not gonna. You're right. That was that right. was. So it's a show with uh, Eddie Trunk. Yes. And uh, two two comedians. Uh, Don Jameson and Jim Florentine, right? And they talk about metal the whole yeah. time. Yeah, they had Getty Lee on. You said they did. They did, and they have this thing where where it's, it's called Stump the Trunk, something like that. Where you know Eddie Trunk knows all about metal. Yeah, and he's like a trivia whiz. Mm-hmm. So at one point, he takes you know he takes these questions, and in the middle of these you know these kind of typical. Metal questions for Getty Lee. Getty Lee's the guest on the, on the show. Mm-hmm. This ki- this kid gets up there and he and he he says, Eddie, what band wrote this lyric? And he rattles off the line in that pavement song. What about the voice of Getty Lee? You know that song? Yeah. Radio. Yes. And. Eddie Trunk has no idea what it is, mm-hmm. looks over to Getty Lee and says, do you know what this is, Getty Lee? He goes, of course I do. Yeah. So there's ultimate humiliation going on. Because now Eddie Trunk has been shown up. Yes. Twice. Twice. So the kid reveals what it is. Eddie, Eddie of course, goes, I, it's a name I've heard. I don't know anything about them. And he goes, but you did win. And I, I commend you on that. You stumped me. And they had this little box of stuff that, uh, you know, the, the, the that the winner can reach in and get a, a prize for stumping the trunk. Yeah. And he gets some kind of crummy hat or something. And all the while, the guest musician on this show mm-hmm. is the guitar player. His name's John Petrucci. He's the guitar player in Dream Theater. Uh-huh. Which is like the new rush, like times 100 in terms of like technicality. Sure. And so... They feel bad that this guy got a hat for stumping Eddie Trunk, so John Petucci gives him his guitar. No. So you have... When will this ever happen again on Earth? You have a pavement reference on that metal show, and and as a result of the guy not getting it, the guy from Dream Theater gives the guy his guitar. Yeah. Pretty crazy, right? That That is nuts. I can't wait to see that episode. I feel like I diverged... So much from our topic. Oh, I don't think so. Really? Think, no. That, that, I'm glad I heard. That. I didn't get to see the first episode of uh, that metal show. Did uh, did uh, did Jim Florentine have any interesting points to make during it? Well, you know he did, but I I can't remember what they 
what he said. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love to. I don't know. What do you think he would have said? What would Jim Florentine probably would have said? Something like, uh, like, you know, ACDC are uh, touring, and uh, the two shows I want to see this summer are uh, ACDC and Ozzy is going to be out with Black Sabbath, and uh, they're going to be playing shows all year long and uh, touring with Ozzy. The way he says Ozzy makes it like, it's like listening to like that scene in Jaws when he scrapes his hand down the chalkboard. Oh, and he says this boat needs to be way bigger. Well, that's not exactly the line, but oh. he, that voice, I don't know who was, who you thought he was, it sounded like, uh, that was like, a like Charles Nelson Riley or something. Yeah. He says it, doesn't he? Who? Charles Nelson Riley. No, he's not in Jaws. Yes, he is. He, no, Charles Nelson Riley is definitely not in Jaws. He is too. <laughs> he's not. He's he, not in. He is too. Thor, he's not in Jaws. He is too, and I know he says we need a way bigger boat. No, that. <laughs> well, we'll research that. Uh, I'll research that later in the show. That's fair enough. And if you're right, maybe I'll give you something from the the prize basket here. Ooh, you have a prize basket? Well, not really. I'll figure oh. something out for you, though. But I know well, I'm not wrong, so I sure. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see about that. Uh-huh. Oh, getting back to my my stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You were talking all about your your yeah, podcast. You about me. I'm sorry, Thor. That's I okay. forgot about we got sidetracked. Tell me more about this podcast. Oh well, here's another. Um, Here's another amazing elevator shame mm-hmm. story from our archives. Yeah. One guy, he's in an elevator, and he drops this big shopping bag that he's got. Okay. Spills out all over the floor of the elevator. Mm-hmm. Porno mags. Embarrassing mm-hmm. enough, right? Yeah. He looks up. Mm-hmm. Who's standing next to him? Who? Pope John Paul II. Oh. And his little entourage. Oh. Pope John Paul II was appalled. Obviously, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And apparently as he gazed down at the scene before him, Mm -hmm. Pope John Paul goes something like, De Domini, Spank Magum, Elevatorium, De Maducci. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Maybe some of your listeners in Vatican City can translate that, but I'm pretty sure it's some kind of curse that he placed on the man's pants faucet. Uh-huh. And, yeah. uh, oh, you know, now that I, I remember it, he actually said uh, pantus faucetus at some point in Latin. Oh, okay. Whatever wow. they talk there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Pope was in the business of placing curses on people, but... uh I thought they did that. Mm, I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but it, oh. it still it sounds like he was saying something about the yeah about the 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 porno magazines all over the elevator. Yeah, but he also said this. The guy said that the Pope's eyes definitely lingered on one particular magazine that was on the floor. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't describe one iota of what's in the magazine. Okay, good, yeah, be- good. Because of, the, of certain restrictions on the radio. Sure, yeah. And also air, just air. To be said over actual air. Yeah. Not the atmosphere. air, 
Like the hey, atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm I'm glad you're not. I I, I really don't want to hear anything about this magazine. Well, I got a really bad one that happened to me in an elevator. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, can you tell it? Well, I was in Miami about ten years ago, mm-hmm. and I get in an elevator. Who gets in after me? Who? Barry Gibb. From the from the uh... the world famous Bee Gees. Sure. From the, the Bo Bee Gibb. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I'm really nervous, just like you were with Patty Smith. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to make a connection, of course, you know, sure. like you did. Yeah, yeah. So I go, hey, Barry Gibb, because he, that's how you address an FT. You have to do it by their full name. That's like rule number one of FT interaction, right? FP interaction? FP yeah. is... Um, famous person. Famous person, yeah. Yeah. And I get his attention, and I go, you know... There's a song of yours that I love, but I can't remember what album it's on. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh, how, how does the song go?" So I start, I start singing. Girl, you're out of my, you're out of your mind, bitch. If you think you're getting half of my stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he looks at me like I'm crazy. Sure. And I go, "I'll sing it again if you want." And he goes, "No, please don't." But I go, "Girl." You're out of your mind, bitch. If you think you're getting half of my stuff. And he is like climbing the walls of this thing. Sure. And I go, it's on Children of the World, right? A Bee Gees album. Yes, and he pushes the button for the very next floor just so he can get the F out of there. Uh So he just like, he bolts out of there. And it, it, it turns out it was a song I wrote when I was getting divorced from my fourth wife. Let's just call her Sheila L., okay? Okay. Somehow I got the songs confused. Sure. It was very embarrassing. That's extremely embarrassing. Yeah. Um, That's really... So these are the kind of things that happen on your show. Yeah. I've had a couple more, too, that are pretty Uh pretty cringy. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I mean, could you... I'd love to hear some, but I don't know if they're too embarrassing. Oh, well, Tom, that's all part of what elevator shame is mm-hmm. telling one story okay we're storytellers tom oh okay story i never thought of as storytelling but oh yeah like what what happened uh well off the top of my head uh let's see uh, i spilled ink on a woman's wedding gown uh i set a rat kid's uh a kid's rat tail on fire he was a rat kid too he had these weird fangs in the front of his <laughs> Uh-huh. Very sick. Uh-huh. Uh, I threw up on two surgeons who were on their way to perform brain surgery. Uh, I accidentally glued my hand to Joe Namath's neck. Uh, I let off three fire extinguishers in an elevator full of people on their way to a funeral. Uh-huh. I spilled a vat of tepid cooking oil on ranking Roger's rollerblades. Uh, what else? My jean shorts fell down while I was talking to Reese Witherspoon, exposing my naked wimple. Uh, I broke both the wheels on Stephen Hawking's wheelchair. Uh, I got into a fist fight with Jim Florentino over who was better, Sabbath, Ozzy, uh, version or Dio version. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, I, I mistook Vern Troyer for a doll. Things like that. Oh, yeah. those are insane. That's, um, did you, what did you say about Joe Namath? You glued your hand to his neck? I, I accidentally, uh, Glued my hand hand to his neck. That that's correct, sir. 
Uh, you you do not, you don't have to call me sir, Thor. Well, you command respect. I mean, you do have the ear of a nation. Um. Well, I guess you know that's a fair point, but yeah. Well, but to, to, to answer your question, yes, I I I I did glue my hand to Joe Namath's neck. Uh huh. And can you imagine how upset and confused he was? With your hand glued to glued his to neck. His neck. Yeah. 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 Oh well, yeah. I could only imagine. What do you think he, he he might have said when he realized my hand was glued to his neck? Um, what do I think he said? Yeah, yeah. If I had to guess, um, I don't know, probably just like uh, you know, it's uh, kind of uh. Strange that you've uh, glued your hand to my neck. Now we're on this uh, elevator together, and your hand is glued to, uh... <laughs> I don't know how we're supposed to leave this elevator with your hand glued to my neck. That is, like, 98% verbatim what he said. Uh-huh. I say I'm a little freaked out. What kind of sorcery dost thou engage in? Why? Because I guessed what he would say. That's not. I'm not a, a sorcerer, but it's not that. Uh, that's not. Yeah, that was not that hard to guess. You, you also, yeah, you also mentioned um, Jim Florentine. Yeah, he took off his his uh, five finger death punch shirt and started whipping my semi closed haunches with it. Uh huh. Which is weird because you like we are you were you uh, going into the elevator because you were a fan of his, like I did with the Patty Smith thing. Yes. Yeah, that that might be mistake number one with these. I think so. But can you imagine what our our argument was like? I, 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 you know, I wanted to have a conversation, so I just started. I brought up the, the Black Sabbath thing, mm-hmm. and I go, "Hey, hey, Jim, I think, I think Dio blew Ozzy out of the water. Uh-huh. Heaven, heaven and hell, and mob rules kick ass on any of that stuff." So you said that to him. I did. What do you think he said? He must have said something along the lines of, uh, "Well, that's just uh, crazy that you'd say." Uh, Dio would be better than Ozzy because, uh, look, I love Dio. I love uh, all of his stuff last in line. I'm a huge Dio fan, and uh, Dio, rest in peace. But uh, there's no way that uh, Dio touches Ozzy in any way because you're talking about Volume 4. You're talking about Paranoid. You're talking about Never Say Die. You're talking about Technical Ecstasy. There's no way that Ozzy is anywhere near uh, Dio. Ozzy outranks Dio so much higher on the the list of Black Sabbath lead singers. I do think you're a sorcerer. I I'm, I don't like it. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> well, okay. that's not that hard. To, you said you argued, so yeah. I'm just replicating what I would think he would say. Well, okay. Well, it's still something. I don't know. I don't know. It, it puts it, it puts me at, at, at uh, dis ease. That's a, a lack of ease, unease. 
Okay. I don't like it, you know, but... No, I'm, I, it's not any... Yeah, I, okay. I didn't mean anything by it. Well, okay. Hey, you know, um, I gotta say, I do have an ulterior motor for calling. You have a what? An ulterior motor. An all a ulterior motive. Motive. Ulterior motor. All ulterior motive. No, what? That's the the phrase is ulterior motive. No, it's not. That's what that's what you mean to say. Yes, it no, is. No, it's an all terrier motor. You never heard this before. An an all terrier motor. Yeah. No. Oh There's yeah, no. Ba- back in the golden age of mini bikes. Yeah. The most expensive motors were made from freshly shorn uh, fur of purebred terriers. No, oh, that's sick. No, it's not. No, the terriers weren't weren't hurt at all. They were just shorn. That's where that phrase, no terriers were harmed in the making of this mini bike, often runs at the end of movies that you see in the theater. No terrier. I don't even know. That's the, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. No terriers were harmed in the making of this mini bike. Yeah. Is that the, in like the credits on movies? Most movies I've, that have animals. I've in never, them, yeah. no, that's, I've, that's the dumbest thing I've heard on about a, a hundred different levels. Maybe you're the dumbest thing I've heard on a hundred different levels. Uh-huh. Well, then we would be even, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, 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 I gotta just say, it's like, I'm, I did the Patty Smith thing. Right. That was like a once in a lifetime kind of thing for me. But you just rolled off. 15 things easily that you did and I, I there there is a difference between your situation and my situation mine is like a genuine kind of weird fluky dumb moment but yours seem like they are planned or have some sort of purpose behind them okay my elevator incidents aren't as spontaneous as I portrayed them to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's why I actually wanted to talk to you. Okay. Yeah. What did you want to talk about? Well, you see, the Shout Network has, has picked up Elevator Shame for their fall lineup. Elevator, the show, they picked yeah. up. It's going to be a show. Okay, like a TV show. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. And I want you to be the face and the voice of Elevator Shame. Hmm. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, I thought this is not what I expected uh, on this, you know, this conversation of ours here, and that actually, I have to say, sounds like it could be a kind of a good fit. Um, you know, I've to be honest, not to sound braggy, but I have been hoping to get my face out there a little more, and you know, yeah, I feel like after having done this radio show for so long that, yeah, I, I could see myself hosting a TV show. I, I could definitely, I think at this point I could do a, a pretty good job doing that. Hosting? What kind of delusional half-animal part party machine are you? You've got to be kidding me. Well, what's that? What? <laughs> I don't know. You asked me about hosting the thing and I thought you did and I mean 
I mean, what do you want me to do then on it? Like, like voiceover stuff or something? Now, now I'm wondering if I'm getting pranked. Are you pranking me? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> pranking you. You asked no. me about being on this show, so I'm. No, no, see. You wouldn't be doing any of the hosting or doing any of the voiceovers. You'd be a, uh, you know, you'd be the straight out the ARB. The ARB? Yeah. What is an ARB? Assistant release boy. What? What is? What is the assistant release boy? Well, you would be in charge of catching up to my angry prank victims after they exit the elevator after I prank them, mm-hmm. and and then securing their signatures on release forms so they their images could be shown in our show. Oh, okay, yeah, that. So I would be the first. <laughs> yeah, they're they're furious now. Right. I'm the first person they see. My face is the first face they see after they've just been humiliated, and then I've got to kind of plead with some with celebrities or who just to get them to sign releases to appear on the show well yeah you'd be doing that but you'd also be in charge of of, of other very very important tasks uh-huh. like like what like maintaining your clipboard and uh keeping the hinges of the clipboard oiled and uh you know clipboard calibration things like that things that are very important to the show oh oh they sound very that sounds very important oh and don't worry it's a paid internship what well you won't have to pay an arm and a leg to do this. I, I, I know high school students don't have a ton of money, but believe me, this thing is going to look great on your college transcripts. Wait, my, what do you mean by my college transcripts? For when, yeah, for when you apply to college. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I'm an adult, Thor. I mean, I'm, this is not, I'm not a college student. What, are you 18 now? No, I'm, I'm in my 40s now, and I'm, I'm not looking to do – I don't have a college trans – I'm not in college. I don't need anything like that, and it's just not where I'm at at all in life. Wait, this isn't a high school radio station? No, no, this is not a high school radio station. Okay, is it a high school CB radio network? <laughs> no, it's not a high school anything. Oh. No, it's not a high school – It's it's a – real show we're doing that's on the internet that streams and it goes up as a podcast also oh, i see oh. yeah oh you know well forget about it forget about it um uh-huh. i just got a text from our producer and yeah. he says he just hired oh wow this is great he just hired an industry vet named mike mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has a cool nickname he says that they, they call him the, the chiku kid uh okay He's, uh-huh. supposed to have, he's supposed to have crotch marbles of steel. Mm-hmm. Well, the, that let me know how that goes. Oh, but. wow. It says, he once asked General Petraeus if he sold puppies. I don't know what that means, but what a wild thing to ask a general, right? It's pretty uh, It's pretty out there. Yeah. yeah. Sure is. Oh, no. Ugh. What, what is that? I'm in an elevator right now. You're in an elevator. Was that just okay? There's this elevator has two horns. An elevator has. 
Oh, that was really strange. The elevator had two horns. Oh, an elevator had one horn. I don't know what's going on with anything anymore. You know what I do know what's going on, though? I do know that this unblinking ear collection is still available. I do know that on March 6th, my bro, who's running the label, Paul Bruno, he still has a show at uh, Lot 13 in Bayonne, Saturday, March 7th, for the label. You can go over to unblinkingearrecords.bandcamp.com, get this amazing uh, comp called uh, Serious Rockers. Such a good, such a good collection, and definitely worth uh, picking up. And I'm gonna play even something else from it. Here are the Go to Beds. Everybody. Yeah, that was uh, the Go to Beds. One of the many songs, well, the greatest, I think, twenty-eight cuts on this uh, comp. And uh, look, this is not a commercial. I'm just playing this stuff because I like this record so much, and and uh, so we might as well showcase it for the night. Go to Beds. That was uh, Glass House. By them, the collection's called Serious Rockers, uh, an unblinking ear mixtape, and you can always go, you always, you, you go over to uh, unblinkingearrecords.bandcamp.com and you uh, you can download it. And I think the label head put up some sort of, uh, put up a, uh, a code best show, which gives you a little discount on it, so you can check that out. There's, and again, this it's just... Playing some stuff by a friend, not an ad. The phone number, 201-332-3484. Lines were all open. Looks like they're filled up again. So let's go back to the hot phones. Who's good here, Mike? Three. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, how's it going? going all right who's this this is josh calling from elizabeth josh from elizabeth what's up josh not much uh i got a question elizabeth new jersey for people who don't know the crown jewel if you will it's out uh yeah ikea you got ikea we got a wawa now you got a wawa uh we got a sonic i think too you got a sonic wow who would even leave elizabeth at this point I know. Why leave? I leave sometimes. 
Why leave? Why? You want to see a tree, maybe? Sure, then you leave. <laughs> if you want to see what a tree looks like, then maybe you head out. One day, one day. One day you'll head out. So uh, what's going on tonight, buddy? All right, so uh, i got a question for you that I've been thinking about for a while, and I've decided to finally bring it to the table. Let's hear it. All right, so imagine this. It's a wrestling ring, completely empty. Lights come on. In one corner, you have Chris Gethard and the Gregulator. The other corner, Kurt Vile, Jolliman. Who do you think comes out on top? Well, that is an interesting question. Well, that, Jeepers Creepers, let's let's think this through. Kurt Vile and and Jolliman, his brother, yep, mm-hmm. squaring off against. Against uh, uh, Chris Gethard Gethard and uh, his brother Greg. Yep. Regulator. I might go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, the the Gethard brothers just because I picture Kurt just being like, why am I doing this? (laughs) And just being like, yeah, I'm not here to fight. The other three would be totally into it. <laughs> I feel like uh, both uh, Gethard brothers are they, they fight dirty, especially the Gregulator. Look, the Gregulator—that is a. Uh, I, I would not want to be against him thinking he's a wrestler. Could you imagine what that would be like? <laughs> oh, that would be horrifying. Seeing that guy fully, fully uh, <laughs> in a ring, being validated now, thinking it's wrestling time. Because you, you know the thing. What? Oh no, no, no! No, you'd be like, because the thing is, when you got it, I'm not gonna do an impression of the <laughs> regulator. I thought you were doing Spike for a second there too. No, I wasn't. Sorry, it just that was my regulator impression, which I've never done before, and now he's <laughs> at home sad that he thinks I think he sounds like that, but I don't. Do you think- he's got a voice like an angel. It's like an yeah, angel, he- like an angel. Right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, it, it is angelic. It is. It's like Angel from uh, Rockford Files. Remember Angel? Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Here's the plan, Jimmy. Okay. You got to help me out, Jimmy. Angel was always getting in, into mischief on that show. Oh, hell, Angel, what's going on here? You got to fix this again. Jimmy, no, it's not bad. It's a thing. Here's the deal, Jimmy. Thanks, buddy. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. You have a great night. <clears throat> Got 35 or so minutes left in the show. You know Pat Byrne, who works on the show. He uh, he's uh, also a uh, WFMU uh, DJ, and he does live shows at uh, their uh, space, at WFMU space. And uh, it's called "Prove It All Night," the name of his show, and he's doing another installment this uh, Saturday night, February twenty eighth. 
And on the bill, he's got uh, how about this? It's like a like a real. It's like a who's who. Uh, Jake Fuglenest will be there. Christy Cello and Julio Torres is going to be there. But get this music from Sunshine and the Rain, who we played earlier, who are on the the series Rockers comp. It all comes together. It feels like I'm. Uh, it feels like uh, I'm in the movie JFK or something, making connections on a board or a beautiful mind, uh, drawing the the things on the the thing in his head in the garage. Remember that when he's in that garage. I did not watch one minute of the Oscars, by the way. I I don't know who won the awards, and I'm completely fine not knowing that. I don't know who won the awards. I don't care about awards anymore. I ain't getting none. I ain't getting none. No awards. Then I'll start caring about awards. Let me get nominated for a couple of them. Then you'll see me uh, start to have a little uh, room for other awards. Uh, I can't. I can't right now. No, no tolerance for it. You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to... Uh... <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, pr- prove it all night. This Saturday, over at uh, WFMU's uh, uh, Monty Hall, 43 Montgomery Street in Jersey City, 9 p.m., five bucks to get in. Jake Fuglenest, Christy Cello, Julio Torres, Sunshine in the Rain, hosted by Pat Byrne. Definitely check that show out if you're in Jersey City. And I've been thinking about this for a while. I feel like, and this is kind of the time for me to do it. And look, maybe I'm going to fold on this and then and, uh, and, and two days later it won't even track. But it kind of feels also like a good time to, because uh, I was talking earlier that I'm going to... Uh, I wrote a thing over at Sharpling.com just about getting a little, uh, allowing myself to get a little bit of, uh, of space here with, uh, the things I'm, uh, kind of dealing with in my irregular life, like the, uh, like just dealing with, uh, the death of my father and, uh, grandmother and all these things and just letting myself not feel the heat the way I maybe have not let myself feel it. It might be I gotta, Face the music a little bit, so I'm tired. I'm, I'm a little tired. So what I'm going to do is just take it on a week by week basis. If we, uh, if I take a week off from the show, I take a week off. If I take a couple weeks off, then I take a couple weeks off. We'll figure it all out. I got stuff to work on, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on it. Take it as it comes. So, yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing. But one thing I think could go hand-in-hand with that, which I'm going to try, is uh, is definitely kind of getting off social media a lot more than I have been uh, on it. I I think I need to get off of it. uh, Just click all that down. Because, yeah, you know, you think about it. It's like, 
you know, especially in the face of all the things I've been thinking about, it's like you have a certain amount of time to be alive, and then you have even a, a shorter amount of time if you're still, if you like have uh, creative things you want to do, and you have uh, while you're still have things to offer, and you're not um, basically. Uh, like you're not like a clogged toilet like uh, Garrison Keeler, just in the way. When you still have things to do that are still vital to uh, to kind of give give it away in uh, like to just to to just be caught up in all in all. Chipping away at, at whatever creative energy you do have, and it's a finite amount. To be on, to be on Twitter, too much. I don't think is a is a is a great thing. I think you end up denying uh, yourself the chance to do some real, uh, some real. Um, Just d- deeper, deeper thinking, and 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 just working on things on a uh, on a uh, uh, on a more full on a, a fuller level, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. So, I think there's something there that I need to because uh, you know you think about it, think about it. It's like is like Will Ferrell not on Twitter? Tina Fey's not on Twitter. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson's not on Twitter. It's Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's not on Twitter. I don't, I'm almost positive. No. I don't think Meryl Streep is on Twitter. Uh, you know, like Larry David is not on Twitter. Like people who kind of do, or, it, there's a point where it's all in balance. And I just don't, I think I need to kind of, I want to do some bigger things, and I maybe don't want to. I want to break some patterns and kind of not uh, let that be where I'm kind of burning my uh, creative energy one tweet at a time. And this has been a long. This is something I've thought about for a long time, and I feel like I'm uh, gonna. See how that goes. Who knows? Two days from now, I'll probably be on there uh, live tweeting, uh, you know, an episode of Family Guy. Family, hashtag, Family Guy sucks. The dog is going in the thing and he's yelling at the baby. Hashtag, Family Guy sucks. Like two days from now, I'll be doing that. It's like, wow, there was a noble stand and completely completely uh <laughs> mooted within 48 hours but it's something i think i do need to to try so i'm going to try that see what that means to me or doesn't mean and uh yeah we'll see i i i quit facebook twitter's going to be clicked way back 
I got some things I want to do here. I want to, you know, both in terms of kind of taking care of myself and in terms of trying to uh, get some uh, get some real work done here. Look, I'll be on Twitter during the show. I don't care, man. That's what it's for. It's a nice accompaniment to the show. We can track. Uh, we can see how Billy Joel at, uh, hashtag Billy Joel arsonist is uh, trending, which is tonight's. Hashtag for the show because everybody knows that Billy Joel, uh, he lights up Madison Square Garden once a month now. So that's why he's an arsonist. That's why Billy, well, I just, I mean, it's just hitting me now how, um, that could be read two different ways. I, oh no. Oh no. Mike, did you know that? Billy Joel arsonist that somebody could take that differently? I just realized that. That is, oh, Mr. Joel, I I apologize, Mr. Joel. This is not how it was meant, that that, 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 that hashtag was meant to look. I, I, I didn't mean it, sir. Please, Mr. Joel. I plan on seeing your concert at Madison Square Garden and... April of 2017, when by that point you're just playing your, by that point he'll just be, all right, what do you people want to hear? Big shot? All right. So, yeah, so I'm going to pull back on social media just uh See what goes on. Yeah, Meryl Streep. Can you imagine Meryl Streep on Twitter? On the set of... Yeah, she's on the set. What's she on the set of? What's a Meryl Streep movie, Mike? Sophie's Choice, yes. On the set of Sophie's Choice. Heavy stuff, hashtag. Sad movie. Now, I gotta... I gotta, um... Tommy wants to do some, Tommy's head hurts and Tommy also wants to do some big things. So, Tommy ain't giving it away on Twitter anymore. Just don't, I just don't, uh, it, 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 uh, it don't speak to me right now. So yeah, it's fun to, to be on during the show. Sure, I agree. But, it'd be nice to watch a movie without being like, having to say, what I think of Big Eyes as I'm watching it. Like, I didn't always watch movies like that. I don't remember seeing Pulp Fiction with a second screen in front of me and commenting on it. I would have said in it, if I did, I would have said, John Travolta's dead already. I'm, or I would have said, I know Samuel L. Jackson lives past this scene. I'm not worried about him right now. That's what I would have said. I'm not worried about him in this standoff in the in the diner. Um, which is kind of like what it's like watching Better Call Saul, where you know that like he's never going to die in any of these scenes, right? Like he could have a machine gun pointed at his head. I'm going to kill you, Saul. 
You know, he, you know, he's, nothing's going to happen to him. He could be. They should just do the craziest things on that show with him now, where he should be like, he should be like, like doing like stunts on airplanes and things, and like eating like poison and stuff. But you just know he's never going to die because he needs to be alive for all of Breaking Bad. Have you watched that yet, Mike? Mike saw two episodes. Did you like it? Mike didn't like the scene in the desert. Why not? Not a big Tuco fan? You don't like guys like Tuco. You don't like Tuco. You don't like Dom. You don't like guys uh, with, with, uh, with shaved heads. Picking up on a thing with Mike. Mike likes a shaggy head. Mike don't like uh, Mike don't like shaved heads. Don't like Tuco. Don't like Dom. That'd be the greatest thing if Mike and if Tuco and Dom teamed up. What do you think of that show, Mike? Hey boys, you need some help. Like like Dom pulls up in New Mexico. Be like. Uh, What's going on, boys? I'm trying to sell meth. <laughs> Tuco and that look. I look. I said. I said. I needed to think of bigger things. This might not be one of them. All right. I'm rusty. What do you want? I've been tweeting my life away. This is why I need to get off Twitter. My thoughts are. I'm, I'm capping out. I'm capping out, guys. The Tuco and Dom thing. Not my finest moment. I'll admit it. Who would you rather be handcuffed to, Mike Tuco or Dom? Who? Dom. Mike says Dom. Fair enough. Oh, speaking of Mike, a package showed up. Mike brings this in last week. He says, Hey, a package showed up at Masses addressed to you. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. A package from Canada shows up addressed to me, care of AP Mike, at Masses. I cannot believe this reached its destination. This had every possible way... First of all, I'm not going to besmirch the patrons of masses. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is here with with uh, with the, the, the patrons. They seem like perfectly fine guys, right? Like, well, uh, but uh, I'm saying that maybe if a package shows up on the wrong day, it doesn't stay there until Mike gets there. For And they don't know him as AP Mike. They don't know him as AP Mike. So this package shows up from Canada, too. International. I have not opened it yet. Now I'm going to open it. Gonna reach, should I reach in on this? This could be like, ah, like something jumps. All of a sudden, oh, my hand! Like a mouse trap. 
sent all the way from Canada. Like I reach my hand in, and a mouse trap snaps it. Okay. Well, it says on the description, ten collector cards. Well, these are not collector cards in here. But what is in here? You sure you didn't open this and repackage it, Mike? There's a Donkey Kong Jr. mini game, which I guess you play on your keychain. You put it on your keychain or something. Well, how about that? I'm off Twitter. I'm going to be playing this dumb Donkey Kong Jr. game all day long. Well, I showed them. I got off social media. I got off social media. I'm showing them. I'm showing them how to live life, huh, Donkey Kong Jr.? Me and you, we're showing them how uh, not to not to uh, not to to fall prey to the perils of uh, of uh, uh, social media. Now, now go. Uh, let me uh, press these buttons so you can go uh, get that banana. Who's good here, Mike? Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, uh, this is Ben from Burbank. Ben from Burbank. What's up, Ben? Uh, not a heck of a lot. Uh, I had a uh, two stories from last week's topic. I was a little uh, nervous, but then Thor brought it back. Two things I wish I could take back. Oh. Um, one with Steve Martin and one with Jonah Hill, if you have a preference. Um, I want to hear the Jonah Hill story to start. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm, I do uh, some acting here, uh, and I was at an audition at, uh, on a, a movie studio lot, which happens from time to time. And uh, I was waiting, standing around waiting until it was my turn to go, and I noticed uh, around, you know, about uh, 10, 20 yards away is Jonah Hill. And uh, so I thought, well, this, you know, should I say something? You know, You're an extra? You're an extra in this production? I'm sorry? You were an extra, or what were you? What was your job? No, I was I was auditioning for like a, for oh. a TV show that just happened to be on the on the same lot okay. as whatever he was doing gotcha. at the time. Sure, sure. So uh, I, you know, I'm a fan of his. I like him. I thought this would be you know uh, uh, an opportunity to say something. So I walked over there, uh, and you know, I, I bear a, a bit of a physical resemblance to Jonah Hill. I'm sort of a, a, a portly uh, okay. fella. Don't like where this um, is going already. I walk up to Jonah Hill. He's just kind of standing there with one or two other people, maybe. And I said, uh, "A lot of hey, people." Jonah, I'm about to go in uh, and audition for uh, this TV show. Um, do you want to go in and do the audition for me? It might really blow their minds. And uh, he said, um, Ten minutes later, yeah. he's in there doing it." What's that? <laughs> Ten minutes later, he's in the room doing the audition. Everyone's cracking up, and then he says, "Actually, I'm not up for the job, though. But my friend here is." Oh, wait, so you've heard this story? No, go ahead. So what happened? Uh, he said, no, nah, I'm okay. And uh, that was the end of the interaction. And yeah. I sort of slunk away, oh, and I thought, man, I wish I could take that back. Yeah, I, w- I wish you could, too. <laughs> it was it was painful. He was very nice about it. He was not a jerk mm-hmm. in any way. No, but it was, he's working. Yeah, yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and so he doesn't you, need to be uh, here What's the me. Steve Martin one? What's the Steve Martin one? The Steve Martin one was uh, a couple of years back. He was at the New Yorker Festival when his book came out, and he was being uh, you know interviewed at like an evening with Steve Martin kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it was at uh, sort of a smallish venue at um, in Manhattan. And uh, so I was there with my wife, and we were waiting for the show to start. And I, 
I thought, I'm just going to run and use the bathroom. And I went over to where the bathrooms were, and he was just kind of standing there with maybe two or three other people, Steve Martin, who was a huge hero of mine forever. Mm-hmm. Until uh, this night. So I thought, well, there's, you know, it's not Did like it a mob scene. Before you tell me what happened, is he still currently your hero? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because right. this is 1,000% on right. me. So it's a, like a better call Saul situation. I know Steve Martin gets out of this all right. Yes, exactly. Yes. He went on He went on to do uh, pretty well, I think. So go ahead. So, uh, so you go up to him. I go up to him. He's kind of, you know, a couple of other people that look like sort of oddballs are talking to him. And so I thought, I'll join this group. And uh, they seem a little uh, weird, these two guys. And they're kind of chatting him up about guitars and banjos and and uh, I was sort of thinking, you know, kind of standing there rolling my eyes a little bit. It's, uh, oh, boy, when are these guys going to wrap it up? Uh, they uh, say, hey, can we take a picture with you? And he says, oh, sure. And so the guy, I, you know, I offer to actually take the photograph and, and uh, take the picture of him with these two guys. They kind of go on their way. Uh, before I can say a word, Steve Martin makes about one second of eye contact with me and then turns and walks away. Mm-hmm. Now, there is an epilogue to this story. Uh, upstairs in the event, uh, you know, we get to the Q and A part, and one of these guys stands up and asks a question. And uh, I thought, uh, oh, geez, this wacko, this guy seems odd, and what's he going to say? And uh, he asks his question, and from the stage, Steve says, um, "By the way, for those of you who don't know, uh, this gentleman is Dick Dale." So uh, you were just me. Dick Dale is talking about. About guitars and things and banjos and whatnot, and you're meanwhile they're like, oh, oh when's this guy gonna stop? Yep, I'm, I may have actually made those noises. I thought, oh. oh, these there was exactly one weirdo oddball in this group, and it was me, mm-hmm. and I had no idea. Wow, you know what I would do? I would I would have the Patty Smith thing happen to me twice to take one of those away from you. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Uh, that's true. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? This is Callie in Manhattan. Callie in Manhattan. What's going on tonight, Callie? Not much. Callie Flower. Yes. Mm. I do use that many places. Yes. That is your, the name with which you move through, uh, uh, through what? Not through the night, through, through the, through the darkness of, uh, social media. Yes. Yes, that's the way to put it. Very poetic, if I dare say. Yes. How are you tonight? I'm well. Um, First off, uh, happy birthday to Terry. Oh, yeah. She said thank you. (laughs) She's going to be on the half hour of power, and we're going to do that. For people who don't know, this half hour power thing we've been doing, it, it starts after the show. A few minutes after the best show ends, the half hour of power begins, and it consists of... Us taking unscreened calls. So everybody, a few minutes after midnight, should call 201-332-3484. And you can just call, and we will talk to you about whatever we want to talk about. And it'll be it's fun and random, but it doesn't air live. It goes up as a podcast on Friday. So, yes. That, that will be happening, and Terry will be on that. So. Yay. That is the, the other it's the birthday present I bought her. That's the present I bought her for her birthday. I bought her a chair to sit in on the half hour of power. Yes, I know. It's very generous. You can't believe I went that far 
to do it, but that's just the kind of person I am. I actually bought her a presence on a free radio <laughs> podcast. Yay. Speaking of podcasts, somebody has a podcast on the I phone. Do. Both people on this phone call have their own shows. That's true. Yours is much more professional than mine. Well, then I am terrified to hear what you're up to. Then, <laughs> if this is much more professional, I the, the only thing you must be talking into Dixie cups then, or some, because what 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 is the name of your show, Callie? Um, the show that I do with. Sarah Sahim, another fat lady, is called Not All Women. Okay. And we talk about various issues that are important to a bunch of women. And it's predominantly intersectional feminism, but I don't really think I should spend time going to okay, well, I, I, I asked you what the show was, and that's... Uh... It's not like I'm going to start playing sound effects like boring <laughs> underneath you. It's like I asked and you're, yeah. you're answering. But yeah, we talk about things that are important to women of color, um, queer women, trans women, women of different economic classes, just a whole bunch of things. And we thought we'd just be listening to about 50 people, but we're getting a little bit more than that. So. Okay. I love it. I love it. Congratulations on the the rocket-like ascendance of this. Now leaving me and this show in your fumes. Honestly, it was ridiculous. Is if anyone right? thinks that it's ridiculous how quickly we got our deal, they are completely right. Because you're going up, 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 and I'm going... Down, down, down. Oh. oh, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you're do you you have a you actually got a deal for your show. Is that something you can talk about? Uh, yeah. Um, CBS, uh, CBS Radio. They started a podcast network. Mm -hmm. So our and they invited us on before they launched, and for some reason now. Sarah and I are on the same podcast network as Mike Francesa, John Madden, Jim Rome, Danny Bonaducci. It's like, well, look, you're there with Danny Bonaducci. You're there with Mike Francesa. It's really, it sounds like a perfect fit. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's, ooh, I could have called that from a mile away. It's like, well, the way you're talking about your show, I think you might... Maybe you should approach this. Uh, maybe you should, should approach um, Jim Rome and see if he uh, can uh, help get you on the network. No, but you know what that is? They're just diversifying because it sounds like those other shows are the same exact show in. And you're not going to badmouth people on your network. I can do it. I'm not on the network. My phone didn't ring. Nobody at CBS is calling me. I get to, to CBS. I guess my phone. They they maybe they lost my number somewhere here when they were putting when they were making their calls for their network. They're yeah. like, that guy's got his thing figured out. Um, so I think it's very exciting, 
And it's it's especially if you're saying what you're saying with that those are the other shows, then it's good that there's a little bit of uh range there in the scheme of who's on that network. So congratulations. Uh thank you. And when can people hear the show? Like where where do they go? Uh you can get it on iTunes like your previous guest, Turtle, mentioned. Yeah. Like his guest shows on iTunes. Our show is also on iTunes. Sure. We're on the on the Play dot It network. Mm-hmm. You can go to the Play dot It website and okay. look at them there. Well, look, I know you didn't call to make start making plugs. That was not why you called. What what yeah. what, what brought you? Uh, what made you call tonight, Kelly? Um. Well, you know that I moved here recently. Yes. And well, I. Most of my trips here to New York have just been in Manhattan. So for me, like the Bronx and the Queens and Brooklyn are sort of scary to me because they're still out there. But mm-hmm. I thought, I think I'm going to get used to Brooklyn. I went there a few times. It still felt weird and scary to me. But I was doing a recording for another person's show. And that, that makes me sound like I'm way bigger than I am. But I was doing a recording for someone else's show. And that's in Brooklyn. He's like, all right, I can go and by myself, it'll be great. I'll get used to this because mm-hmm. Brooklyn will be a really nice place. So sure. I take the, the train over. I get out and I start walking. And within a minute of getting out, um, there's a man crossing the street holding flowers, and a van drives up and hits him. Mm-hmm. So that's horrifying. And then he starts yelling at them the drivers of the car. So then they get out and then they all start fighting and it's getting more and more horrifying. And there's a big crowd that's starting to gather. And then the people who hit him decided to get back in their vehicle. And he was upset with this. So he followed them back and started leaning in so he could yell at them some more. And then they just started driving off with him hanging out of the car. And it lasted for like a block and a half. That's horrible. Are you sure you didn't um, witness like uh, this wasn't a filming, they weren't filming a TV show uh, at the time? Because it sounds like this this does not sound real. Look, you heard me, I don't know if you heard me tell the story of the bat. I saw two dudes hitting each other with a bat. Yeah. That was... It was like a uh, chicken scratch compared to the story you just told. It was the most horrifying thing. I, I can't believe it happened. And we were all watching. And then we saw him apparently get frustrated with hanging on to them. Mm-hmm. And then he just let go. And then he started jogging back to where he was. And he had this big smile on his face. Oh, and I don't know. I have no idea what happened. Yes. It was the weirdest thing. And Welcome gonna... to Brooklyn! <laughs> and then you're just like, yes, I'm never leaving Manhattan again. <laughs> it can be... I'll try to not hold it against all of Brooklyn. No, but... look. We, no, but you go terrifying. to... Where, where, you were from, uh, like, uh, New England, right? Before you lived in New England? Yeah, I was in a village of fifteen hundred people. That makes it sound like a, a, a village of fifty. It sounds like a, a, the movie where Nicolas Cage had the bees on his head. What was that movie? 
Wicker Man. And that, I'm sure everybody, all the horror fans out there love that that's, when I think of Wicker Man, I think of, first of all, I think of the the remake first. I don't even think of the the horror classic with Christopher Lee. And I describe it as the movie with where Nicolas Cage has the bees on his head. Did you ever see that scene? Though we're just like, no, no. They put like a bee, th- like a box of bees over his head. Well, it's an important scene in the movie. Well, yes, but <laughs> but you describe it like a village of fifteen hundred people. It makes it sound like like if a stranger came through, you all like uh, like you all made sure that they didn't leave the town or something. Something mm-hmm. we can help you with. It was kind of weird where they insisted on a pair of swans living in a pond in a park in the middle of the town. Like, on the Canadian border, there was just this little village, and they insisted on having a pair of swans there for, like, 30 years. Just a pair of swans as, like, a yes. message. Was it, like, a message just, like, that this town is uh, a fun, peaceful town, and then... But don't mess with the swans. I don't know what. What were they? Were they the same swans, or did they switch them out like uh, like uh, uh, the kids on Full House? Um, I'm gonna say it was Full Housey. Okay, kind of like switch the swans. This one swan getting a little. This one swan's looking a little lifeless. Let's uh, swap that swan. And then there's just like a giant barn full of swans. That they're rotating in and out to put some kind of message on the town. There are enough barns in the area that could actually be the way it works. Well, Callie, unfortunately, it is now midnight, the witching hour. I have three. I have to burn through all these calls and then set up for the half hour of power. Which so I will I'm, definitely download. Which you will definitely download. Which everybody should download on Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, we will do that. So people, again, can check your podcast out over at iTunes, which sounds like, that's like saying, check it out at, like, like it's like, go, it's like go outside and get it. Like, everything <laughs> is on iTunes. But it's a part of what network? Again, the CBS has a podcast network called... Um, play.it. Play.it. And the name of your show again is? Not All Women. All right. So people should check it out. And when you're just looking down from your rapid ascendance, just remember the people way down there on the ground who, <laughs> it's it's like the right stuff. Some people get to go to this, do the sound barrier. Other people are just on the ground cheering you on. When, when they, get, they get to drive a, a car fast on the street i don't i'm just no it's i it's very you know i'm teasing so all right thanks Thank a lot you very much for insisting on the show yes that was of course. very sweet of you yeah, well, they didn't want to come on and just try and play no that's not why you're calling i know that yeah. it's not look mike told me it was a good call uh-huh. all right thanks callie i'll talk to you soon night i all right, we got three more lines, so people just know. You take these calls, and then we will be doing the half hour of power. Uh, a few minutes after, in a few minutes, we'll be doing it. But I'm going to wrap up here. 
Best show, you're on the air. Ah, oh, hey, hey, Tommy. This is Brian in Los Angeles. What did you just call me? Um, I'm sorry. I called you Tommy. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? This is Paul from Brooklyn. You're right there. You're a little out of breath. I'm a little bit nervous, I guess. Relax, Um, relax. I just realized it was midnight, so I'm probably too late, two weeks late with uh, something for last week's topic. What do you got, buddy? What do you got? Uh, So years ago, I, I ended up at a dinner with uh, Thurston Moore, and was, my lady friend at the time was playing a show with him, and I was kind of the only one at the table that uh, didn't know him. Mm-hmm. So we met a hole-in-the-wall like, burrito place, and uh, I'm kind of the only one who has nothing to say, and he's telling this. What is that in the background? I don't know. I don't like it. Goodbye. These calls can all stay live for the half hour power. Guys, I want you all to know this. Thank you for listening and thank you for everybody getting behind the show and everybody getting behind uh, me with all the things that I'm trying to process and deal with and uh, go through and move on from. And it's, uh, it's not easy. And, uh, knowing you guys, uh, care about the show and care about me does make it a little easier. So thank you for everything. And I'm pretty much just going to play this on a week by week basis for a while and we'll see how I'm doing. I just have to, uh, I got things to take care of. So I, Wish I could do the show every week without fail and just knew that this was going to be just time to, to really just, uh, barrel forward and just go, uh, go for it. But you don't always get to say how things go in life and that's kind of how it goes. But what we can do is just hang on and Focus on the future, and um, yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate it, everybody. I um, will talk to you all. Yeah, ho- look. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully this is just a, a blip, and it don't don't mean nothing in the scheme of things. But I have to just afford myself the chance to uh, to figure out what I need to do here. That's all. So that's what I'm going to do. And now, why not end the show with one more song from the uh, the collection Serious Rockers, which you can get over at Unblinking Ear, records.bandcamp.com. We're going to hear something from Curbivore and... Everybody, call up for the half-hour power and get in on that. Now, let's take a listen to this, and I will talk to you 